Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of Frivolous Gravitas, where I am desperately trying to get through these takes. Um, today, we're going to be talking about effort. Now, effort's a part of all of our lives, hopefully. Um, and this is not a response to like the anti or anti work crowd, although it does apply to that. Uh, we're just going to be talking about why effort is something that needs to be integrated into your life, and maybe even what you know, kind of bad effort, you know, not all effort is good effort, but effort is better than no effort kind of things. I guess to start, I'll start with a bit of a, a bit of an anecdote that happens to probably every single person at least three times a week. Uh, <laughs> and that's that feeling of, um, start with that feeling of, I don't want to get up. And this is a pretty natural feeling for people that are subject to the laws of entropy. Because uh, <laughs> objects at rest will remain at rest until acted upon by an external force. And this is pretty normal for objects. You get a rock, it just sits there. Lazy, stupid rock. How dare it just sit there on the side of the mountain, not rolling down, making my you know uh, trip to Jasper better, blah, 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 by me watching an avalanche or something. Okay, that's really specific but what the thing is is that we're not rocks and this creates a whole bunch of problems for us as individuals mainly why can't i just get up in the morning well because you are the person that has to actually get yourself up there's no engine that drives us we have to be the engine that drives ourselves so when you get up in the morning a lot of times you don't want to do this. You have to push yourself. You have to be the external force that does this. And this is kind of a microcosm of, I think what we're going to be talking about today is that, that will to just put up with it. And you can call this discipline. And there might be a lot of discipline talk in this, in this podcast today. But the problem, the, the hard part about it, isn't that, you know, it's, it, it, it isn't the fact that it's just like, you don't want to do it. You have this psychological block. It's, you know, you can do it. You just, all you have to do is just get up and start your day and go. But, you know, you have these temptations. I could just keep sleeping. I could just keep dreaming. I don't, I'm not needed today. And even today I was, had a bad sleep and I just kind of was like, oh, yeah, I could just push it back. We could start later. And it's like, no, no, you got making up excuses. And so one of the things that helps, I guess, with this is, discipline but the only way to get good at discipline is to keep doing it you need to get up every day you need to get used to doing it and you get momentum you no longer become an object at rest but then you stop and you you gain that effort becomes harder so why do we even get up in the morning well because effort is actually healthy for us it's an object at rest starts to collect things like dust and psychological issues, uh, bad perspective on the world that has no basis in reality. Uh, and someone who's working can easily shut out what's not necessary, what's inane, what's stupid, what's uh, asinine, and focus on what's important because the work itself hones you and tells you. So with that, I guess 
why do we need effort? I guess I don't know. Let's bring Chris into this. What do you think? Welcome. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I didn't do the thing. Whatever. There's like 52 other episodes. If people want to know who we are, they can make the effort. (laughs) They can you make the effort. Um, I did want to talk about like all different sides of effort, but mostly misconceptions of effort because I think everybody sort of has an idea of what effort is, but they don't apply common sense to their ideas of effort. So as an example, like I think the the, uh, the definition is just like a vigorous or predetermined attempt of effort yeah. to state our definitions of terms. But I, I think one of the major places that people's um, conceptions of effort are skewed is uh, basically in four primary errors is like one, um, they believe that effort is just the minimum effort. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like uh, participation awards or whatever are oh. a, a form of rewarding a minimum level of effort. And there should be an assumption of a minimum minimum level of effort to say like, I competed in this race. You don't need a participation award to show that you competed in the race. Just by saying you competed, it's implied that you showed up. <laughs> it's implied that you were there at the start line. It's implied that you ran, even if you didn't, people are just going to assume you did. So there's a minimum level of effort that people just, it's sort of ingrained within the word that you put in for trying or just for being there or for showing up. Well, but that's <laughs> not the same as being rewarded for effort or saying that you made an effort. Cause if yeah. I say I made an effort to, to keep in touch with you or to contact you, and I only called you once in like five years, that's not an effort. You know well, what I mean? I think the difference is there is that you have this effort is the baseline work that you're doing. And it is the baseline because, you know, if you're not. Okay, hold on. Sorry, not the baseline. I just, I was wrong there. Now I'm refining my definition here. In order to do something, we like, I can pick up this, this object here. Um, and I can pick it up. This takes no effort. Well, it takes some effort, but I don't notice it because I've, uh, I'm strong enough to not have it actually considered effort. It's just something I'm passively doing. I'm just moving it around my desk here. Now to put effort in, you have to exert yourself is when it becomes effort, you know, this exertion, this, this, where you have to put in, uh, energy that your body begins to strain. It feels, it starts to give you warning signals. Your body does this. You know, it's just like there needs to be a layer of difficulty to it. Right, exactly. And that difficulty is um, because we can dive into it a bit, but I do want to get this is I am coming back to your point is that the your body starts telling you warning signs. I'm going to break. I'm going to break. I'm going to break. Oh, no. Oh, don't do this. Oh, stay. You need to rest because, you know, you need to conserve energy, blah, 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 for the hunt or something that your body thinks it's going to do. But um, what uh, what it's really telling you is no stop you're gonna hurt yourself but it's lying to you obviously because you're at probably about 30 percent. you know your body's got and what you can do is you want to be able to push it up to 60 70 maybe 80 percent in a pinch and 100 percent if you're really in a pinch and keep going because 100 percent is ugly um you actually are damaging your body but you your body can take a lot more than you think. And if we're expecting people to be at 10% when they show up to like a running competition, do the start line, go, yeah, you and give them our participation. We're doing the opposite of, of effort because 
we're not rewarding excellence and there's a difference between like participation and excellence yeah i want to get to that but i yeah. i just i want to describe my approach to the conversation of effort to begin oh, with because okay. there's no real sense in describing effort of lifting up a pen if everybody can lift up a pen and it's no big deal it is technically mm -hmm. work and it is technically predetermined and voluntary and exertion but like you said it, it doesn't actually take effort in the colloquial sense that we use the term yeah so like so this... as one example of a type of misuse or misconception of the word effort I want to dispel the notion entirely. That's sort of my thesis in this uh, in mm -hmm. this podcast is to say that any amount of effort does not equate to um, a congratulatory or meritocratic amount of effort. It does not merit award or reward for exertion for a minimum baseline level, except in cases where you're doing something like um, you get your PhD a PhD or your master's or your bachelor's or high school diploma, whatever it is, it takes years of effort and those years are implied so you don't get extra credit for saying and i had to read a bunch of books it's implied by i went to school and got a degree that you had to read a bunch of books you can't go to school and get a degree without reading well that type that's of thing. Well, that's that <clears throat> that's kind of what i you, you you that's kind of what i mean meant by excellence there yeah and, i, I want to get to it it's just yeah, okay. that, that's only one of the parts that i'm i'm defining our effort in the for the sake of this conversation okay um so the other part would be like effort itself is not a currency or reward so trying harder does not automatically merit greater reward just because somebody else had an easier time of successfully achieving something doesn't mean that you get twice as much achievement for trying twice as hard that's not how effort works effort you, doesn't you don't get two pats on the back for doing two minimum baseline efforts when you know it's not success to just exert effort success is the achievement that effort provides mm -hmm. through effort as a catalyst that you achieve things uh, so another the third point i would say is um, effort itself is not the means to an end it's uh, a pattern of continuous behavior so you can't just go to school get your degree and then forever after have like the easiest life ever possible because you already put in all the all the effort and all the hard work you never have to work again that's not how effort works you don't reward people with effort for having put in effort if they completely stop put applying themselves or putting in effort after after the fact effort is the perseverance it's the continued exertion of effort after you've already exerted effort mm -hmm. um and the last point I wanted to get to with uh, respect to just our, like the approach that I was sort of leaning at or the angle that I was looking at this was um, uh, effort can lead to a demand of lef less effort, like the whole work, work smarter, not harder thing. Mm -hmm. it, it's possible that by, for example, exercising, when you exercise every time you do it, you're putting in a lot of effort. And over time, your exercise becomes easier because your body gets stronger. That doesn't negate the value of the lift that you're you're lifting just because you're used to it or you're better at it or you've done it for a long time mm -hmm. effort is the continuous process but it's also the reward from that process of being able to exert less effort and achieve the same amount of productive work out of it and that work can be anything from like people who practice math and get really good at doing uh, solving equations and stuff in their head or just factoring out things in their head or you know, watching markets, if you get used to markets, you can develop like an intuition. It's from a lot of effort put in at the beginning that makes it so much easier later on to read through the BS and the mm -hmm. nebulous uh, 
interpretations of other people from the same data. Um, right. That type of thing is not to be diminished just because you're putting in less effort. Because um, if you're the fastest runner in the world and it's really easy for you to run fast, it doesn't make you less fast just because it's easier for you. Well, you know I mean? let's um let's get going with this this yeah, point so here. Yeah, so I'll let you start deconstructing those now, yeah. now that we've sort of uh, defined our terms. But like one, um, well, those are premises, but um, premises. The yeah. uh, one of the things that now when with respect to something like excellence, everyone thinks that like okay, you have you put in the effort and you did an excellent thing. Um, and we one of these uses words that we overuse like awesome <laughs> but uh when i'm saying excellence i'm saying something that has the quality it, it's exceptional it is it has some ex excellent quality to it and By a lot of times it stands out though right right that's what it, it stands is. out but this is a product that's an end anything that's excellent has an end now sometimes when you're doing something like playing hockey and you see someone playing hockey, then um, what? How it's happening is you're seeing, especially if you're watching an NHL game, you're seeing excellence, and you're seeing the highest level of hockey uh, in the world when you're watching uh, like the NHL playoffs. Um, not when you're watching the Olympics. Like, no, <laughs> they're taking their time off from their excellence to go play in the Olympics. Um, well, if you, but that's open for debate, but whatever. <laughs> Yeah, you probably watch a better game playing in the in the uh, in the KHL, but that's up for debate. Uh, if you disagree with me, say it in the comments. We'll have a we'll have it out there. But what's ha what the thing is that people, a lot of people in our society, don't seem to realize is that it doesn't matter the product of your effort, um, as long as the individual is putting in the effort. And this is kind of we're probably going to talk a lot about the difference between um, equity and equality here. Uh, I guess equity and um, opportunity is better where this one is because not everyone is going to have equitable outcomes. You're not going to be the best plumber in the world. I'm not the best carpenter as that desk over there plainly shows um, or some of my uh some of my work behind me uh but the it's the serviceable bookshelves i have, have serviceable but the thing is is that the effort that i put in was still effort i still had to exert myself to build that desk and uh the, those cat shelves and the cat tree that i made for my cat they're not perfect but i put the effort in i sat down i did the math I learned how to do it, and I did things beyond just automatic that I did. And the important part of it is that I put in the effort. Now, I put in an honest effort, not a token effort, which is important to distinguish. But any honest effort um, is, uh, I would say, honorable in itself. As long as you are putting in the effort, that's something I can respect. That's something that's worthy of respect, whether or not it comes out with uh, the perfect thing. And this is kind of what you're getting at with your final point. Um, premise. Premise. <laughs> uh, oh, shoot. That was, just edit that out. Jeez. Is that all effort 
with regard to people if if someone of lower quality talents oh man that's going to get me in trouble is putting in an effort then what comes out of it is of value to them and hopefully and not it's not guaranteed that what comes out of their effort is going to be of value to anyone else or will have any value uh, in in and of itself you put an effort one uh, for a couple of reasons is one to learn something to hone your skills which is kind of like learning but um, to develop uh, a better understanding of something or to make yourself stronger in some way and that includes these are all kind of the same point really um, and you aren't guaranteed anything beyond that you're not even guaranteed that the effort is the only thing the you're going to be able to do in order to get those things though you can't get something of value uh well i guess you could accidentally you know someone comes out of the woodwork and says you've won the lottery ha <laughs> but we can't rely on that no one but can see, rely here's on the it. thing like that type of value system is completely subjective so i have nothing against patting somebody on the back for trying to make a bookshelf no matter how crappy it is and saying hey you you actually tried and you built something and you learned some stuff and you know good for you Mm-hmm. No problem with that. It's when um, it's when people want the reward and the added benefit. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's what, yeah. That's what sort of bothers me about the the whole effort thing. So I did an it's, effort, and that effort's worth this amount of money, and therefore <laughs> I'm entitled to this amount of money because minimum wage. It's like you're self-employed. <laughs> it's the sense of entitlement. That's exactly yes. right. So and so on the one hand, if you want somebody to pat you on the back for um for participating in competition, like sport or whatever. Nothing wrong with that. But don't, in addition to that, ask for people to pat you on the back for training. That's part of being able to compete is having trained first. You know what I mean? It's the additional pat on the back that people want for for simple things because they put in some minimal effort. They want as many pats as they can possibly get for it. Well, and this is why I keep bringing, and I'm gonna bring this up again, uh, is that the West Broadway Youth Outreach Center in Winnipeg, uh, and this guy who I talked to, who my wife um, volunteered with, uh, had that thing where he wouldn't reward the students based on, you know, everyone who gets an A uh, goes to the Jets game. And all the kids in Winnipeg, that's a big deal. <laughs> Very big deal. Jets tickets are expensive. It's not like a Panthers or a Nashville game where, you know, you could put down 50 bucks and get a play to nachos with your tickets and oh you mean 20 bucks (laughs) yeah it's insane you have to pay 300 bucks minimum for one seat front row nothing else uh and so everyone in the city wants them it's um and so these kids get tickets to the jets game but it's not based on excellence you know objective excellence like everyone who gets an a uh gets to go to the Jets game because that's inherently missing the point of their education. You know, it's an after-school program where they all do their homework together. So they do their homework and whoever puts in more effort gets in things. So they want proportional improvement, not objective excellence. And proportional improvement measures like, because we all have, not all of us are going to have the same academic uh, predispositions or potential. That doesn't matter to them. What matters is that they put the work in enough that they become better than they were when they started. 
and they see that the effort that they put in has become, and then they get rewarded for it. There's positive reinforcement. You went from an C minus to a B plus best improvement in the entire place. Whoa, let's all clap for this person. They got it. It's not the fact that they did it and they're not treating it as a currency either. They're saying you have to work. And sometimes, you know, you put the work in and you fail. That's just how life works. But I guess that's, but it also comes down to goals, right? Mm -hmm. So if our goal is to teach kids to um, exert themselves, then you Mm -hmm. can reward them just for the effort. That's totally different. Yes. In this case, what you're doing is you're reinforcing that other point I made, which was the patterns of behavior. So what you're actually teaching them is not how to get a good grade. Yes. It's how to study for extended periods of time so that you continuously get good grades. Mm -hmm. And the structure of the reward system means that once somebody goes from a C to an A, they basically can't win the next Jets tickets because they don't have very far to move. So everybody sort of eventually gets their 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 prize right right but so you that's actually kind have... of different from on the one hand doing that and on the other hand saying just for test scores and then rewarding people just for their test scores mm-hmm. because the people who are getting rewarded for just their test scores may not be putting in any different effort than they were before because they might have already had good grades let's say right yeah or they might have already had good habits so it it flips both sides they might already learn the lessons that they're teaching them in this program but not to exclude the kids from the other kids who are also yeah. trying just as hard. That sort of makes sense. Well, and to but if be you're fair, these, a lot of these giving out routinely, if you're routinely giving out participation awards, that becomes the behavior. Mm-hmm. So what you're training into the kids is that you get an award, no matter how little effort you put in, as long as you show up. Yeah. And that's what I'm calling problematic. So it's not the one time off instance or in the certain circumstance, and it's definitely circumstantial by goal, the goal of the reward. But ultimately, it comes down to when we're talking about effort in in this case is um, it's like for me, when I when I mentioned currency, I was trying to say, like, you can accumulate it and then you get a bunch of it and you can spend. it. Yeah. And that's what I was thinking about with the with a lot of these, I don't know, these anti work folk who are. Um, saying, you know, any labor should be paid. Like, you know, if a woman's at home taking care of her kids, then she should be paid by the government or something because she's putting an effort. And I'm just like, it sounds good. It sounds politically correct, but it's wrong. Um, yeah, and like, like me working in my garden. baskets by hand and the baskets are worse than the machine made ones. Mm-hmm. Who cares how much effort you're putting into? You're creating a product that nobody wants. Right. It's not useful. And I'm, well, I think the other thing, the thing worth noting here is that all, all effort is goal oriented without goal, without a goal, effort is just suffering, um, period. It's because there's no point to it. Like I got to get up in the morning. Why? Well, because I have work to do. Well, why? So that I can become better. Why? So I can maybe be rich and, you know, not have to worry about money. Oh, okay. Uh, I want, or me working in my garden. I'm like, I put a ton of work in my garden and I was not having a good summer. Like it, it was hard to stand this summer uh, because of, well, you know why. Um, and so I was working in my garden. It took a lot of effort and I would get up and I'd go and I'd put all that effort in the garden. I got all the stuff. Well, why do you want to have a garden? Because gardens are beautiful. <laughs> and I enjoyed having a yard that was, um, that was, uh, had beauty to it. And so that was my goal. Also, my goal was to learn more about gardening so I could become better at growing things in the future and not just be like, oh, all my peppers 
got rotten because I cut the wrong branch or something, or I planted it too deep or too shallow. And so like, I want to know these things for a reason. I'm not just in the garden because, you know, Soviet state needs my labor in there. Um, it has all those tangential benefits too, though. Like your mental health is improved. Your physical mm -hmm. health is improved. It, it beautifies the neighborhood around you, not just you, but it affects your neighbor's well-being and their Right. Health They'll be like, there. oh, I should keep my, like, I saw my neighbors the other day, like cleaning their yard up. And I was like, oh, that's, that's different behavior. I wonder if I had anything to do with that. Yeah. Like <laughs> it might even inspire them to be better themselves. Like hearing mm. people play music in the apartment next to you might inspire you to play your own guitar more, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so effort is, needs to be directed. So everyone just thinks like work for, uh, you know, I work as a slave for people. It's like, no, we all start at the bottom. Every single one of us, some of us get, you know, lifted up pretty darn quickly, but, um, but everything comes with its thing. And for me, um, like you can't have, like, I, I, I think we're probably exhausting this a bit, but like, if you try and sell, I did a thing. Well, what thing wasn't worth anything? Like you said, it's it's it doesn't have any inherent value. And this, and I think that goes into also like not all effort is created equal, because, and I've seen this a lot is that sometimes effort is just absolutely needless. You can do. And I guess this goes into also uh, work smarter, not harder, but you can do a bunch of effort and have it be a waste of time. Um, it's just because you did something, just because you're tired today doesn't mean anything, I think is what I'm saying. Like, consider this. I, I shovel the the walkway or whatever when I can by hand. Mm -hmm. we, like we have a snowblower, I choose to do it by hand because that's exercise and I could lift weights and just pick something heavy up and put it down, pick something heavy up and put it down. But like that actually does nothing for me, exercise right? Exercise is if so I much shovel, easier when you have a purpose towards it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If I shovel, there's like a goal, you can see some progress, it motivates you to keep going. Being yeah. outside is like, it's harder on your heart because it's cold outside. And like, there's a whole bunch of other mm. side benefits to doing it, uh, an actual work versus you know, versus plowing the snow and then just lifting up weights right after I plow. Yeah, right? and like me but doing like the goal 200 push-ups in a day is like, oh my God, but... <laughs> the goal doesn't have to be valuable or useful or anything. Um, any effort will do, even if you don't know what the outcome goal is. Just don't mm. expect appreciation for it. That's what I'm saying. There's nothing yeah. wrong with doing effort and having no goal. Just don't expect people to pat you on the back for it. And don't require it. Like, you're an individual person. You shouldn't need other people's validation of your effort. Like if you're in, if you know how hard you're working, it has no, no bearing whatsoever if somebody else recognizes how hard you're working. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's a, an element of self-esteem and self-satisfaction that comes into play when effort's concerned, because mm -hmm. only we are present and privy to our own internal strife. Like we can try and communicate it to other people, but again, that leads people into the trap of trying to communicate how every single little effort they make so that they can keep getting pats on the back. Yeah, and I don't think that's useful or productive, and I definitely don't think it's good for people's psyche to think that they need that type of compensation or validation for doing things that a mature, responsible adult should just do on their own without being told. Well, and like that's, picking up the garbage, or well, that's part of being an adult there, and like that's part of maturing is doing effort 
and finding the reward on your on your own. It's like if you were like someone in in my opinion, someone who goes and does work merely now I do there's been some jobs where I've done work and the work is just like pay me I don't want to be here I did my work you know I completed my end of the transaction now you complete your end of the transaction money and I'm leaving fuck Starbucks <laughs> so like that was but that was that was a contractual agreement that was I was selling my labor not my effort which my labor my effort was inherent in my labor but if you come home after that and you have a dirty place uh, well, that changes the equation a bit. You now have to put effort in and now you have to find meaning on your own. An adult is someone who can see, I guess you could call this delayed gratification or discipline or whatever, but you can see that you need to now put effort into your own life. And strangely enough, you go to work and you put all that, you put all that effort in and it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth. It's just like, ah, oh, that was a bad job. And I can understand why people don't like their jobs and, you know, they don't care that they're getting paid because it's just hassle uh and then hassle's not the right word but and then you come home and you do the dishes and you vacuum and you do all this stuff you pick up and you're you get your apartment together and it's just like job well done you actually feel good about yourself and it's better than the actual job but you have to create that reward in yourself and you have to see that the rewards aren't immediate and concrete they're abstract and uh delayed something like having okay, you clean up your house or your room or something, and now you don't have to trip over stuff and everything's organized. You don't have to spend energy finding stuff. It's simple as that. But at the same time, you now have the sense of accomplishment that you can go off. And the other thing is that now you are working the circuits in your head towards that. You are almost conditioning yourself for that type of behavior. And when we're when you're giving out a you know, when you're giving out pats on the back for uh, showing up to work. Um, oh, good, you showed up to work because, you know, you have that that mentality in, 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 in employers. Oh, I'll just be super nice to my employees and then they'll stay. No, no, they're going to walk all over you. Like what happens if you give a cat treats every day? Well, it's going to expect treats. Like mm. if the same with humans. If you condition them to expect uh rewards for nothing they're going to expect rewards rewards for nothing and so when you say good job for everything they do like one you're going to get two types of people they're going to get types of people who will be like expecting and then you'll get people like me who will just get irrationally angry at those types of things for absolutely seemingly no reason good job jordan it's like i just poured a glass of water could you not <laughs> Yeah. And, and the, the thing is saying it outright like that, everybody's probably just going to agree with it and say, yeah, yeah, fine. That's other people. That's, that's not right. me. That's not me. Mm -hmm. But what drives me insane is how everybody does this. And everybody says, that's not me. Every job I've ever had. And I go to work. I always see at least, at least 25% of the people there who think they're entitled to get paid while they're on their cell phone on Facebook. Yes. And they think, oh, well, I finished my work early. And all they did was skip through it as fast as possible. Tons of errors. They just wait for somebody to find the error and come back to them. And then they fix it on the spot. Completely indifferent to the, the, the cost that it causes other people. Like other people might want to relax at work, but now they have to do two trips to you because you didn't do your job properly. And there's no consequence for that. But mm -hmm. you're going to get a sticker for every week that you showed up on time to work. And again, every job I've had, I go 
I go into work early just because I like to work. I get that I don't expect that from everybody else, but I do expect that when your when your shift starts, everybody, absolutely everybody should be on time. Yeah. That doesn't happen almost at all at any job I've ever had because well, everybody just assumes that it's fluid and dynamic and they can just make up an excuse and there's no uh, consequence to it. And they get pat on the back or they get a, an attaboy or whatever for every little thing that they do right. Yeah. That, you know, it, it's inconsequential for them to make a mistake, but then they want the, the instant reward or recognition um, for every little thing that they do that should be expected. Mm -hmm. And that to me is a really big social problem because once we make that normal, once we accept the fact that adults are just childish, they're going to raise kids who are even more childish. Well, like you need to set a standard or, or some type of baseline that's actually <laughs> relevant to a grown human being. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And the issue that I have too with it is um, the, the emotional, uh, the emotions that it inspires or, or I, the ire that it inspires. Because it's not just you and me who get frustrated at people like this. Those people actually get like heartbroken when they don't get that pat on the back that they're expecting. Oh no, and I've right. definitely seen this. Like I'm, I, and to be fair, me being when you you know you get given the pat on the back and I go Ugh, like how like no that's gotten that's not a good thing. That doesn't make me a hero. That's put me in more trouble than you guys can ever imagine. Mm. <laughs> uh, why didn't you like it? It's like and it discounts but, things that you do do but, that are worth merit, right? But if but the thing is, yeah, exactly. That's why I hated it. Cause like I'm sitting there doing all this work, but then someone gets a pat in the back and they get mad that they didn't get their pat in the back. It's like, you realize you're a puppy. That's yeah, like, exactly. that's what you are. You are someone who's been trained and they've trained you and you don't have any, uh, like, uh, and a lot of times you get, it doesn't let you think outside of the box effort, proper effort lets you realize your own individuality and your own strengths and weaknesses you see what you're capable of and you see like the things you can do and sometimes like with every job every job never gonna find a job that doesn't have tedium that doesn't have banal asinine aspects to it that are very necessary to the job but whatever like in um in archiving making spreadsheets and labeling folders it has to be done, but um, it's not the best part of the job, but the best part of the job is in association to that. So who cares? You do the bad part to get the good part away. And sometimes you're going to be in jobs with bad parts, but that doesn't mean that, you know, the, the, the reward isn't something that is immediate. And I think that's where all this is coming from. You know, you get a puppy and, you know, I did a good thing. You get your treat, but when you do, the project and they're saying how's the project coming along he's not there to um make you feel like you know oh good job being 20 percent on the project no he's there to make sure you're still doing the project that you were not off and if you're sitting there being like yep projects pro projects good please don't break my thought they're gonna be like they're gonna be happy that you're still putting in the effort. You're going to be happy that they had left so quickly out of your office uh, or your workspace or whatever. Um, and that's a healthy relationship in a work area, even but though it's on the same token, on the flip side, as a manager, I do go out of my way to 
make sure I acknowledge people that do things that I want them to do. So it's right. again, not to say one side or the other, never do this and always do this. Yeah. It's to say like the moderation and balance is key. So mm -hmm. when my warehouse guy comes back because he chose a faster route and thought on his feet and I want him to keep thinking on his feet, I will tell him good job on thinking through that route to get around traffic or whatever. Right. That's not the same thing though, as saying way to drive. You're a driver. Right. You're supposed to be driving every day. You're not I, using. I shouldn't have to congratulate you for also getting for being able to to understand how to turn your car on when you've got your driver's license, because part of getting your driver's license <laughs> is knowing how to turn the car on. Yeah, like you don't get two pats on the back for your license and for driving. Well, <laughs> you get it for your driver's well license. showing up on time is yeah, that thing like where you it's like it's part of your job. I'm not going to thank you for it, but you you meant and like a lot of times like you get feedback i think is different than patting on the back because like oh you did a good job here continue mm -hmm. to do this uh because a lot of times um as individuals, or i like it when you communicate like that or yeah, things like that i like this do that more uh and a lot of times that's different that's that is that's feedback yeah constructive feedback and i sometimes we don't know when we're doing a good job and that's that's straight up like I'm doing my work. I don't know if it's good. And then someone says, you know, you're doing a really good job. And you're like, oh, thank God. Oh, and it's a sign of a bad manager who doesn't tell you because that right. is their job is just to control the flow of operations. They're supposed More to be there this, to do that. Less of this. And um, well, like stickers and buttons and candies and, you know, and like, that keeps our effort from being um, well, yeah, when you put stick, when you have a sticker, it's like, you know, adults have conversations and then they get on with their yeah. life. Uh, JP but, Morgan, they had sound makers and popcorn and they'd walk up and down the aisles and like hand out plush toys. And they were so incredibly infantile. I couldn't geez. even believe it. Oh, yeah. I don't, Few places are that bad, but for I'm an international bank to be that bad, trying worth to pointing be. out and calling them out in a podcast just for the record. Well, it's. <laughs> I, I hate and I feel like I'm a conspiracy theorist for saying this stuff is but there's it just seems to me that in the last 40 years there's been an infantilization of uh, of the the newer generations and that includes my generation and um to some extent the generation before mine and but definitely more so as time goes on now we are rich as a society oh boy are we ever but there's in the boomers too because a lot of them will say they earned all of their wealth when it's patently false all of their wealth came from property appreciation which came from bank lending which came from mortgages which came from the government stimulus which well, is taxpayers yeah and i think it's definitely exacerbating nowadays though uh, and because i i definitely almost fell for this trap myself um when i was younger I, I was being stupid and not knowing what to do and it's just like oh i can't find a job but it's like well i wasn't willing to find a job at certain points even though i had like 50 jobs well it seemed like 50 jobs but like every year or so i'd have a different job but that's a different problem when i was at a job i would find that i wanted to like i was okay with working but i'd get disenchanted with the work or i wouldn't be i would need something that pushed me the problem with me was that i was almost too quick with a few things um and with other things i was just absolutely abysmal and so i would get good at things that i was good at and things that drove me up the wall would drive me to another job but 
and I could have been more disciplined, but I stopped, started seeing like, there's nothing here for me. I want different. I want more difficult problems. But in the end, what I was doing was I was doing the infantile thing instead of working my way to a more um, difficult problem. I would just be like, this place is stupid. I'm going to, I'm going to leave. I'm going to, I'm going to go and uh, get a better place that appreciate blah, 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 that, that whole thing. So the effort that I was putting in was, um, it was good up to a point, but then once I figured everything out, I would get bored and then I would be unwilling to put in any more effort. And that's very juvenile. (laughs) Um, but when you are doing things just for, you know, you want your perfect job, you want your perfect this. And I see a lot of kids who are, um, I'm not going to name names here. That's a good way to get shot. <laughs> um, waiting for their perfect opportunity because they think they're worth the something more than just a Starbucks or they're worth more than, you know, a shelf stocking gig or they're worth more than this because they have the potential or something. But the problem is, is that effort always kind of starts at the beginning and you want to you have to do the hard work. You have to do that, the menial BS. And it's not supposed to be pleasant all the time. And I think that's also part of growing up. I had a point beyond <laughs> that, but I've forgotten it. Well, allow me to hinge on that because I, I really think that you made a really important point there. Um, okay. The whole, the waiting for an opportunity thing is a perfect example of people who aren't used to applying concerted effort over extended periods of time. Yes. People who are used to an instant reward or a tap on the back or compensation for every little bit they do, every incremental stage of their own personal development, they want somebody there patting them on the head for it, right? Waiting for uh, opportunity is completely ignorant of the people who are out there putting effort in all these different areas mm-hmm. where luck can happen to them 15 times as opposed to just one. So an example would be somebody who wants to be a musician. They might play a lot of guitar and practice a lot of singing and write a lot of songs and they keep trying to get gigs, right? But nobody wants to pay them. Doing the free gigs and getting visibly seen so that somebody else might say, hey, I own a bar, can I I book you? And they won't even know that you're not paid. They'll automatically just pay you. Making an opportunity um, involves an effort that looks aimless or feels aimless or goes nowhere, like working that job that you hate you might get one of your customers walk in and decide they want to hire you or one of your your suppliers or merchandisers or whatever right based on how well you do the job they know you should hate but you pretend you don't hate right right it's the effort that you put into um not just doing the job but also going above and beyond the emotional aspect of hating doing it well you have to in that effort of playing a gig knowing you're not getting paid knowing it's costing you money and people are getting free entertainment from all the sweat and tears that you put into over the years of practicing and learning how to play. Mm -hmm. But waiting for an opportunity doesn't mean sitting and waiting. Waiting for an opportunity means I'm doing effort while I'm waiting. Yeah, A lot of people don't get that because they think effort equals a reward. And that's not how the world works. You don't just plant one seed and have a garden. You plant a (laughs) bunch of seeds, a bunch of them die, a bunch need extra care and transplant, a bunch get infested with aphids, a bunch don't get enough sun. Like there are so many different things that happen along the way that cause you more grief and more effort. My but that's what leads to the development and the opportunity, right? 
my petunia's got aphids <laughs> r.i.p no but uh, this is this is a good thing because bastards i had to squeeze them all off with my fingers and <laughs> i just replanted it was they were just like it was more aphid than plant well that but... was a learning opportunity for me <laughs> to like mix up like dish soap and one part milk and magnesium and <laughs> but no this is a good thing that you brought up because i remember i've um i got my degree as an archivist so i'm an archivist now i can call myself an archivist because i've done archival work i've done archival work since covid started um one thing i did was i noticed like i went around like i was i wanted an archival gig and i thought okay what's the thing i can do i can actually go into the archives and shake hands i and what this is just like a guy looking around for a gig this is embarrassing it is not something i want to do i uh, I'm not particularly great at meeting people, but you know, the more I do it, the better I get. But at the same time, it's awkward. I'm shoehorning my life into these people. But if I don't do that honestly cringy thing, then I, there's, I'm not going to get anywhere. So I go in and say, hi, I'm an archivist. You should give me a job. Well, politely, although not always. <laughs> uh, it's like, you'd have any positions uh you know i'd go in and then they'd be like oh we don't have anything and, you know i go i went all around town uh, i went to um seminars that archive archivists were putting on i, I went to historical meetings and be like okay i'm looking for a job here and so i ended up uh volunteering at the provincial archives and working on stuff getting my feet in meeting the people networking talking with people going into the lunchroom being like hey yeah i'm just a volunteer but i'm looking for a job and and uh eventually it got to the point where they said we'd love to hire you but you know we're actually doing cutbacks and i'm just like doesn't feel like it feels like it's my fault but this is actually not my fault i put in an honest effort and now and then COVID happened and it got even worse and so I had to rethink it. I had to put in different effort and the effort never stops. And so I had to go and put myself in uncomfortable positions that I, every piece of my body was going, telling me like, no, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't. That call of comfort, that the, the pillow in the morning, the, the warm bed sheets of not having to talk to people in public and, you know, answering the phone. A lot of people hate answering the phone, but it, it, that was the mature thing I had to do to get to it. And if you're, if you're in a band, holy hell, that's gotta be even harder. <laughs> like you have to not only practice every day while you're home, like I have to read while I'm at home. I have to study. I have to make sure I'm up on my craft, understanding how history works and all that. Even while I'm looking for a job, just like you said, but a musician has to go home and play or else they'll lose it and lose their chops or something. Uh, and they have to prove to them that they're an okay musician to people who get 50 of these people an hour. Like if, uh, like in the, uh, what's that place, the cavern in Osborne village probably gets like 50 artists every two hours, just coming through there being like, Hey man, I got a band. You should let me play. But then you also have to get onto the scene, which is, hierarchical so now you have to prove that you're you know good uh to people who are either mediocre uh or amazing or up and coming 
and who are invariably going to be better than you where you are at the start unless your music some... tastes are subjective so they might not even like oh. it even if you're really really good they might just not like your music it's a ska classical uh you know fusion and they're like it's creative i'll give you that <laughs> but, <laughs> but to put it more relatably than archives or musicians you can even say like when i was a kid and i was applying for just regular administrative jobs i taught myself excel spreadsheets and word and i practiced writing um like music and uh, letters and stuff like that just to get better at writing english mm-hmm. because i wasn't a very good student mm-hmm. in high school so yeah, it's not necessarily just like those one-off things it's also when somebody goes around uh, telling you oh there's no jobs out there it's so hard to find a job part of the effort isn't just dropping off your resume it's also fixing up your resume to see if a different style or a different presentation will help you get more interviews. Going That's back and saying, effort. hey, do you Going have- Going back and doing follow-up calls. Do you have a chance to take a look at my resume? Last- expanding your education, like the things that you're marketing yourself as to, as a, to be employable, you can mm. learn more of those things while you're waiting to be employed. And most people do one of those three. They'll either ask everyone they know and then just wait for a job to come to them without making a resume or they'll build up a bunch of resumes but they'll only apply at five or six places and they'll say like oh well none of the five the five yeah. whole places i applied for didn't uh didn't call me back and you're like Woof, five places didn't call you back yeah like, like when i moved to bc i was desperate because i had no money at all to my name I was living off a credit card and I had like a thousand dollars credit. So like that will not get you very far in BC. I had to apply at like 90 places over the, over the span of three weeks. And then I got flooded with calls like a month later. Right. <laughs> but yeah. Just to make sure I got the job, I had to put in the effort and I wound up having one resume for all five different types of jobs I was applying for. And it was like warehouse, admin assistant, management jobs, phone rep jobs, like anything I could think of that I might be able to do or convince somebody that I'm able to do. Because every job is a training program, right? You can put in the extra effort after you get hired. <laughs> oh yeah, well that's something that I always say is like, I can learn real quick. I, like, I'm really good at learning things. Um, and I don't know, people don't seem to like that one anymore, but. Well, it just sounds so cheap because everyone says it. People who put in zero effort whatsoever sincerely believe they're quick learners. Yeah. And that's just because of the grades they achieve when they spend an hour studying. But like actual effort means you go to work all day, come home and then be like, I need to learn all this stuff. Let's yeah. figure out a plan to start learning. And then you're studying at home for the job you're already being underpaid for as an entry level job. Well, like the it's first, hard. The and first week of job is always going to be, um, sorry, just, sorry, my bad. Uh, I just got a bit woozy there. The first oh, couple, it's just massive deja vu for a second. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is our the, 53rd episode. Yeah, I know. Um, the, um, the first two weeks of your job should always be, uh, horrifyingly painful um not like okay that's a bit of exaggeration but you always have to learn like you have to study for your new job almost as much as you study for an exam because the quicker you get that job nailed down well the more likely they are to you know give you more work throw you more effort you know look at you as someone who can uh move up so you do have to put that like initial effort in and you can't just 
well, I got to just find the flow in there. It's like, no, you're going to find the flow, but you need to mat, you need to get that flow down cold. You need to know everything about it. You need to go talk to everybody. And I think one of the key things about this is um, that's driving, especially, well, me and you and people, you know, adults are, is that word that you mentioned that pretty much underlines all of this is desperation. And Mm -hmm. if you're desperate, you'll shovel rocks with a PhD and you'll do it happily. And I have, and sometimes it's actually kind of nice, <laughs> but um, like, I wouldn't want to do it. It's like you shovel rocks 80 hours a week. Okay. That's a bit much. Like, honestly, if I was to go tutoring and then it'd be like, oh, I got to go to my other job where I shovel rocks or, you know, I'm doing retail or something, then, well, it's money's money. You can buy stuff with that. Um, and if you need it, And if you feel that, if you're put in a place, you will be surprised at what you're not only capable of, oh, you'll do anything if you're in the corner. It's like, yeah, anything like, you know, go over your resume a fourth time or do anything like, you know, broaden the, broaden the uh, radius of um, places that you're going to apply to or go that extra mile when you're applying. Okay. Does anyone actually apply on foot anymore? I still do, but (laughs) But I figure it gives me a better chance. I get yeah. better odds if nobody else is walking in in person. Well, that's literally why I showed up at the archives in person with resumes in a folder. It's like, hey, I'm yeah. me. Well, um, as a manager, like I've been so busy where I had a stack of resumes and I just hadn't had time to call everybody and schedule meetings. If somebody walked in and they looked presentable and could speak properly and they could do the job, mm-hmm. I'd much rather give it to that person and just throw all the other resumes out. Like you have to call people and set up meetings and spend hours and hours digging through like interviews. Right. I remember taking resumes and just being like, Oh, neat. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, like when you need them, you need them, but like, but if their mom applies for them, (laughs) the effort that i sort of want to drill in through this episode is exactly that it's doing that extra bit it's always about the extra it's not about the bare minimum effort it's always Mm -hmm. about the extra when people are congratulating or rewarding effort it's always about the extra extra bit Mm -hmm. and that's what's getting lost on on people today and i just say people broadly but if you want like evidence and proof of it just look at universities and school systems and standardized testing and if you want to look into um like we said with sports organized sports and participation medals and awards like that uh, if you want to look into like arts um, grants and things, they'll reward people just for being good at grant writing, not for having a good idea yeah. that a grant should go to. See our That's entire the type grants. Of thing I'm talking about. We did a episode a while ago, maybe nine months ago, about grants. Go see that. <laughs> uh, funding, I think we called it. Yeah, funding. And uh, but it but it, I- it goes for intellectual efforts too, though, and I really want to stress that too. Like mm-hmm. when we were talking before about the EULAs, um, the use end user license agreements, and how I think it's com- complete catastrophe of capitalism to have downloadable content that reserves their right to make the games that you purchase inaccessible to you just based on their own whims to shut their servers off. Um, or like this that we're doing right now is technically owned by YouTube, even though it's our intellectual property. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't have the right to exclusively use it, right? Mm-hmm. They have copyrights to it. So they can publish it as many times as they want, or they can chop little bits of it and put it into commercials and we can't say boo about it. But we can always pull it 
at any time too. We should actually but the be difference putting is, this on a second thing so we could get around that legal thing. Anyway, <laughs> that's exactly what I'm getting to though. Those terms of service that that um, the agreements that they force you to keep well reading they force you to keep reading them but every time you update an app or whatever but there's no limit to how many times they can update an app or update their terms of service mm. so if they really wanted to just mess with people and force them not to read it they could just change it every day for nine months eventually no but not a single person would read it after nine months of every single day having to read through the whole thing and not know what the changes are so you have to read it start to finish mm that would take a huge amount of effort and it would benefit nobody. You don't get a pat on the back for doing something stupid. Like wasting your effort does not get a reward. It doesn't merit anything. Um, but making the effort such as complaining about, um, about license agreements and like the standard practice in the gaming industry, that should motivate you to do something like write a letter to your legal representatives who have influence in changing laws so that things mm -hmm. that are stupid and harmful to the public become illegal, like everything else that's illegal. It's because it's harmful to the public that things are made illegal. They don't just make up laws just to power trip on people, right? If you steal, it's because you're hurting somebody else's right to property. Well, this reminds me of um, someone in my life who has again i'm not going to name names but um thinks that they're very politically involved now the people in politics politics is not a uh it's not a game for people without um stamina it's a constant constant thing it, you're always on you're always doing something if someone's always coming to you you are never off unless you, you know, get voted out, in which case you're kind of like, I'd like to thank my opponent for letting me not do this for four years. Um, but if you decide to keep in the game, now you're in a different game. Now you're uh, in opposition, you're campaigning, you're getting your name out there, you're always doing something, you're doing this. And a lot of people think they're doing politics by, now this is not activism that we're doing here. This is something completely different. But a lot of people think, and there's someone specifically that I know that is saying, oh, I'm um, I'm so involved in the political process in my province and in my city. I know all the people. I'm you know, kind of a behind-the-scenes person. But they're really, in reality, they're just on a Facebook group. That's not effort. You this, And to me, that's lying. And there's an element of honesty and effort that really uh, comes through. And when you're when you think that you are you know you read the something uh in the news and then you uh then you react to it and you say that's so terrible that this is happening blah 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 and then you write uh you write a thing like a journalist piece or something and you you put out something that really doesn't take much effort because we can form opinions without very much effort and then you sit down and you said i did a lot of work today i complained on the internet about something it's ironic but um uh are we complaining on the internet about this right now Anyway, but that's, it's useful though. Like I'm not against complaining. What I'm against is people that say they're making an effort and all they do is the one quick search, first result, first mm -hmm. headline. That's my belief. Right. I looked it up. I researched it. That's not research. Research requires effort. It requires right. meticulous scrutiny of the information you're being presented with. And then you have to compare it to comparable similar data points, things that are grouped in the same category. 
you have to compare it to other instances of that type or group or whatever you want to call it, depending on mm. the math that you're going to use for it. Right. So looking something up on Facebook is still research, but if that's the only thing you're doing, then you're not putting in the effort. So when people say they fact check and they just check Snopes, Snope, <laughs> that's not effort. That's one place. That's the minimal amount of effort to say you fact checked. The bare minimum of fact checking is by definition checking one alternate source. But if that's all you check, you're not fact-checking. And well, you shouldn't get congratulated for it. No. And even worse still, you shouldn't be asking people for, for a pat on the back for it. Well, that's it's, you shouldn't get pat on the back for it because that's only part of the process. Like when you're making something and you do the first step and they go, yay, it's like, now do the rest of the steps. You should be congratulated yeah. for the end result. But at the same time, there's no follow-through. Like if you do your research, well, that's only the start of your effort. What are you going to do with all this knowledge that you've gained? Well, I did the research and that's all I need to do. It's like, cool. What are you going to do with it? Like effort begets effort. You have to like, let it play on each other. Like I shovel my driveway so that I can drive my car into it. But now I have to get, do put the snow somewhere and the snow is going to be there. Like effort isn't just, you're, you're not doing discrete tasks. There are no discrete tasks. This isn't like a video game where you turn in your quest and you get XP, yay, yeah. no, no. Or you get a trophy and it's just forever there and under your sign-in or whatever. <laughs> yeah, and no, you, uh, effort, okay, you do your research and now you have to, what are you gonna do? Are you gonna go to the news with it? Did you actually find something worth? Now you have to study what the implications of it are. And or worse yet, if you find out you're wrong, do you go out of your way just like you went out of your way in the in the beginning to tell everybody they were wrong? Do you go out of your way to say, hey, I was wrong, just so you know, I looked it up, here's my sources, like I found it, now you don't have to put in as much effort as me. Mm -hmm. No, they hoard it for themselves and they hide it. I know yeah. thing, and this is that, that conspiratorial like, I know what the government doesn't want me to know. And it's just like, you're, <laughs> you're, you're, you're putting yourself in a position where, uh, you're, you're setting yourself up to be um, a pariah, essentially. And there's a lot of that, like you need to follow through with your effort and effort leads you to more effort. The, the thing of it is, is that effort itself and gold, conscious goal-directed effort, whether or not it pays off, is good for your soul. And the opposite really does hurt you. And okay, that sounds all, ooh. but it sounds hokey, but like in the moment, you might be happier doing nothing than something, but over mm -hmm. the course of your life, you'll never regret having done something. You'll only regret the times that you did nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's what people miss with this whole effort thing is that they want to like throw effort into a bucket and just count how many times they've tried something minimally so they can count, look at all the things I've tried to do in my life. And that's BS. Like as somebody who started up like a dozen company companies in my in my life, it's it's not that I can't run a bit. I just don't enjoy running businesses. <laughs> I like starting businesses as just for fun. And if any one of them made me like ten million dollars or more than my day job, I certainly oh no. day job and kept. <laughs> but it was more work to keep my startup going, and I, I get diminishing returns as as the the game rolls on. But it's right. like with web development. I learn and practice web design, not because I want to build websites by hand for other people for money. There are tools like Wix and Squarespace where you can visually, without any programming background at all, make a website nicer than I can make by hand. 
hands down. I don't deny that. And I've spent countless hours, like hundreds of hours learning web design from scratch because I've been doing it since I was like friggin' 14 years old, right? But that doesn't negate the value of learning how to do web design because then when I'm approached with things like database management in my warehouse 20 years later, I have a familiarity to something that I've already learned and practiced with. Mm -hmm. And that has value. Or if I'm trying to tell somebody how to um, how to find Wix or Square, Squarespace or not sponsored, I'm just using them as examples, but they do have good tools. Like I can't deny that. Well, basic... I would point people to that instead of paying me. <clears throat> well, it's just like basic computer skills. If you go into a thing and they ask like, can you know how to use a Microsoft Word? It's like, dude, I can put a computer together and start it from scratch. Like you, and they'll be like, okay. I like that. I want that. And like, that's something somebody wants. Now you have more value. You've through this effort, you've not only increased your value, but you've also made yourself, I don't know, worthy of self-love, I guess, but that's not a good way of putting it. I wouldn't say worthy, but I know what you're getting at. You're, you're trying to say like, um, it, it, it merits it like it's earned. Yeah. And that's the thing life. Uh, that's it. Cause I don't want, to like at the end of the day, and this is, I've said this before, especially, I think I said this with the video game episode. Was that last episode? No, it's yeah, two it episodes ago. Episode. Um, or no, two episodes ago. Cause this yeah. is recorded. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I don't want to, like, I don't play a game. Like I'll play games at like 10 AM, but I will have spent, you know, two hours probably, uh, uh, earning that. Or I will be like, this is my, you know, this is my Saturday or this is my Sunday, but I will, I don't want to just sit around and play video games all day, but I want to, um, earn it. It feels better. I like playing video games, especially when I've earned it. I don't want to sit on a beach. Like everyone has this dream where they want it warm. Yeah. I like it hot outside. Oh, I want it. I want it to be sunny. I want, I want, I want to sit on a beach and I want people to do things for me. It's like, you want people to give effort for you. First of all, that's something in itself, but this is not ideal. Like it's not ideal unless you've earned it and it doesn't, it's not worth anything unless you've given up something to get it. And that to me is just, I find it very strange because I don't ever want to just sit there. Like sometimes I do. But usually I get after about half an hour, I get up and I decide that I want to go for a run, especially when I shouldn't um, see me this summer. Uh, (laughs) But uh, it's you're going to get bored of that because we are wired for effort to some extent. You need to have that. If you've actually earned it, that that kind of vacation isn't actually going to be you know, you're not going to be able to relax. You're going to be looking for things. You're going to be your algorithm is going to be set up for something completely different. And so when I actually took a vacation, um, we went to Italy and it was, it was hard work. It was great. We did a bit of laying on the beach because you know, that is what you do. It is nice to sit on the beach in the sun and the salt water is kind of, uh, you know, healing your feet or something. And, but now then you get up, you get dressed, you shower off all the salt and you, go and what we were doing was we were visiting battlefields and those that's not that's not easy because there's a lot of walking there's a lot of study they give you a they gave us a 
book of stuff of maps and stuff. So we're just sitting there on the bus studying and they go for a walk and then it's emotionally draining because then they tell you these literal horror stories of people just like you doing things you don't want to do. Um, see our Remembrance Day episode. But that was a lot more rewarding. It ended up actually more tired on the way back. But this is a macrocosm of what I guess we should, how we should be treating effort in itself. Like I don't, my rest is also has an element of effort in it to some extent. I think that sort of goes towards saying that it's easier for you to make an exerted effort though. So for people who are completely content to sit there on a beach and have people serve them all day, I think it takes them more effort to do less than it would for you or I, who are compelled, like compulsively by nature, to move and do things. Right. So but I, for I, the I'm rest not of your step life, on people or belittle them. I'm trying to wake them up to the idea that hey, their ideas, their their conceptions, their preconceived notions of the word effort are probably skewed because most people's preconceived efforts. Uh, notions of effort are already conscrute and here's the examples and that's what i'm trying to do is show mm, okay. a whole bunch of examples where people broadly we, speaking are misinterpreting um sorry well okay let me put it let me put this a different way because you're right uh maybe what i should say is that the idea of paradise isn't necessarily some place where you're not putting in effort Paradise and effort aren't mutually exclusive um, because paradise to me is where, you know, heaven is where, isn't where I don't have any responsibility. Pa paradise is where all of my responsibilities and efforts have meaning and purpose and are directed to some goal. And don't just like, it's not just me shoveling the sidewalk being like, I'm going to have the best sidewalk on the street. And then it just starts snowing again harder. <laughs> and you just go, ugh. <laughs> That's Sisyphus. reality. Yeah, that's reality. There's actually, that's a good, that's a good uh, metaphor is the Sisyphean nature of reality means that a lot of our efforts are just going to be for naught, but you can't know which ones. So you have to just try your hardest. But that to me is one of the preconceived notions that I'm trying to dispel. The fact that it has to achieve an end goal does not make effort worthwhile. The exercise itself, the effort of exercise is worthwhile regardless of the outcome. Right. Practicing to build websites, regardless of its utility as a thing that you do by hand because there are tools that do it better and faster, is irrelevant. The practice and exercise of learning to code helps you abstract and problem solve in every other uh, facet of your life. Or for example, if you're shoveling, you're getting physical exercise, so it's easier for you to do something important like save your life if you're hanging from a bridge, you're strong enough to pull yourself up because you've been shoveling. Well, just because your life's never been at risk hanging from a bridge doesn't mean being fit wasn't better for you the whole time. Mm. And it doesn't mean you had to have the goal in mind of being fitter by shoveling to shovel for it to be worthwhile. You can right. shovel and have positive consequences that are never realized. You so, can be able to build a computer and get your job as a word processor and never use it, but you still got the job because of your ability to also build computers should the need ever arise. So or speaking another language, it's all the same thing. It's a conceptualization problem is what I'm having is that I, oh, so it's just CBT, um, cognitive. So if you reconceptualize your effort, your effort will be uh, directed and goal oriented. Well, why am I doing this? But if you can't, if you try and reconceptualize your effort and it's just 
like, why am I doing this? Then you actually do have a problem. It's like, why am I working here when I could be working at a more rewarding place? But that's where philosophy is helpful. Yeah. And then you put effort into getting your resume together and then you put an effort into finding a better job. And then you put effort into flipping off your boss as you leave. (laughs) The most common response to me when I tell people I'm into philosophy is what's that good for? What's the usefulness of just asking stupid questions and digging deeper into all these like pits of recursion, whatever. This Mm. is the utility of it. The fact that you can question why does the why matter is a philosophical thing that takes practice for somebody to spontaneously come up with on their own. So if somebody's saying, why should I put in the effort? This is useless. The question of why implies a purpose that is singular and point bound. Right. And it seems and like it's not, not banal, but it, in the world, but it really people is. might have an answer to why are you lifting weights, but it doesn't mean there's no other answer for it. And it doesn't mm. mean you have to have the right answer for lifting weights to be beneficial in your life. Even if you're never aware of the fact that people get fat. Mm. Some like, people, like I've met a lot of people where lifting weights is part of their, um, reason for being it's just like this is i'm following my logos my logos is telling me lift weights well and most musicians are like that they'll yeah, play music regardless of anybody ever listening to it like mm-hmm. they'll, they just do it because that's what gives them meaning and if you say why like why would you write an, a rap album if you know nobody's gonna buy it because i wanted to practice writing and i like rap well for that's me, enough reason you don't it, have to succeed at something for it to have been worthwhile the exercise and effort put in teaches you audio engineering, poem, poetry contra, um, composition. It teaches you how to span things out into like one whole album is a whole bunch of pieces of other independent songs that all have their own motifs. Like mm-hmm. there's artwork and design to it. There's learning licenses and the legalese behind like copyrights and, and infringement and things like that. Uh, obtaining licenses so that you can reuse or, or um, chop up bits and pieces of other people's ma- uh, work. Like, all of the the marketing and the distribution and stuff you learn from doing something as simple and stupid as releasing an album that nobody wants is useful. And it doesn't have to be useful to be worthwhile, but recognizing its utility makes you think, well, the question of why is irrelevant. It's not just meaningless. It's actually irrelevant. It doesn't matter to the outcome whatsoever. Well, it's the, 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 I think it's not that it's irrelevant. I think that it's already been answered. And then to ask why is redundant, not irrelevant. Well, no, it's like when I say, why are you lifting weights? It's to get stronger, right? Well, you could like, lift up a vacuum cleaner over and over and over again, because a vacuum cleaner is heavy and it produces the same result. So um, it is irrelevant in the sense that it didn't have to be that one thing. It could have been anything, or you yeah. could have just learned directly the things that you're, you're well, learning. This by is why the, the philosophical thinking is important because I remember being like, I need to get fit. Well, I need weights. Well, no, check your premises. Do I actually need weights to lift? Uh, do I actually need weights to to lift actual weights to lift? Like, what can I lift that I already have? And I've like found my couch and I was bench pressing my couch. Yeah, or a bucket it was of annoying. water. I was using a bucket of water, uh, like a five gallon pail for a long time. And it would, mm-hmm. I'd fill it up and I'd just be like, <laughs> and I was doing that for a long time while I was in school and I would just have it there and I'd, integrate it into my into my uh you know schema of work and eventually i just you know i ended up getting weights <laughs> so uh when i could and so the the ability to uh, to get back to your point that i thought i thought is not really relevant but is really interesting um is that that philosophy does interact with your daily life and it does it's worth dissecting what's going on. But 
let's skip back to effort. I'm well, that's more. what I was trying to get. To no, I know. I was trying to get away from my <laughs> so, tangent. <laughs> in speaking of effort, philosophizing over effort rather than just assuming we all already know and grasp the concept fully and just apply it whenever we want to feel like a pat on the back or whatever. Mm-hmm. When we analyze our need for effort, we'll find things that we're, we're not aware of consciously until then such as self-esteem issues or seeking validation or being infantilized or you know what i mean like those regressive types of behaviors the patterns that uh, Mm -hmm. persist throughout our life in every other uh, aspect whether it's relationships romance or work or studying or even play with video games and stuff like that um that type of thing comes down to um, being able to analyze what we value in the parts of effort and being able to value something without having a, a label of value for it, without mm-hmm. having a metric or a heuristic that says, this is how useful this should be, or this is how important it should be. Not everything has to have that. And when we apply effort to things like raising kids, we just assume it. We give mm-hmm. tons of effort into our kids and we don't think twice of it because it's for a greater good. We see the whole picture of a human being in an individual's life through kids. Well, but when you ask it's... people to make that same type of effort to something like um, writing their congressmen's or or fact checking something on Facebook or, you know, reading a book for the content, not just for the sake of saying that they read it. Like those types of things get lost on them when they don't consider the the actual gravity of the point of effort itself. Sorry about that. Jeez, sorry, I muted the moment I talked. That's why I said that. My phone rings and you mute. (laughs) (laughs) That's why I said earlier that, um, you know, women should get, when the argument that women should get paid by the government for raising children was dumb because it's not that they're not getting anything out of it. It's that that's not how the that's not how economies work but also that raising the child is the child is the purpose of the effort in itself you're raising the kid not for well what am i getting out of it it's like you're getting a kid like the kid is the value in itself like what i object to it on principle though because not everybody's capable of doing both and that if it is. comes down to one or the other, if you want to put in economic terms, you're far better off to have a, a more productive child grow into a tax paying adult than you are to have an adult who's already barely functioning at work and doesn't contribute much to taxes mm. doing both poorly. So there's an economic benefit to having parents stay at home should they choose to. But rather than framing the question, um, we should we pay women to not work and, or not women, but parents, should we pay a parent to be a parent? I think the better question is, should every kid have access to basic needs? So rather than paying a parent, their kid, their, they should just not have to worry about their kids' bare necessities. That should right. just be a goal in a civilized society of surplus like ours. But we shouldn't to have me, people hungry. Yeah. Well, Especially I, kids, because they can choose. Yeah, I just, I think that like, well, looking to the government for subsidies on every little thing is... Well, I've made my opinion known on that in previous episodes, but the effort that's putting that a, that a, that a mother puts into her child is, um, she knows what she's getting out of it. And I think that when you're only focusing, I, I think this is what a lot of kids are doing nowadays is that they're only seeing the monetary aspect of their effort. And that to me is woefully like, well, what am I getting out of it monetarily? It's like, 
what are you talking about? Like you're getting paid, but it's like you want the maximum amount of money for the minimum amount of work, which is kind of what you want to do, but it's a negotiation between you and your employer. But I think that's a faulty reward, uh, you know, effort and reward system, which I think is what we're talking about. And I think I just talked myself into a corner by rationalizing away this. Thing. <laughs> well, not really, because it is practical in the sense that we do that with fostering. So there are family or parents, we'll say out there who foster five, six, seven kids, and they make a lot of money because that's, you know, every kid is money from the government. Mm -hmm. And then you can use hand-me-downs so you can pocket all that extra money. There are terrible parents out there who are raising huge, like, farms of kids Broods. <laughs> in, in these derelict houses with, with nothing and no attention and no love. I would much rather give that money to a parent who loves and cares for their kid and can't afford to do both. Like, if, if they're going to be spending uh, a minimum wage job and spending one third of their income on taxes and one third on childcare, and they're bringing home one third of their income. What benefit does that to anybody? The kid grows up without parents around. The mother ends up in a job that she hates or father or whoever's out working that shitty job. And then they both come back and they're both worse off for it. Right. And then the long-term viability of the economy is worse off because nobody's got the benefit from the start. That whole preventative maintenance being cheaper than, than fixing an outcome is a real thing. Like looking after people preventatively is way cheaper than fixing their health as after the fact. Right. And that, that goes for all types of social services. That's why we have them. It's way cheaper to prevent fires in a house than it is to fix a, a burned down house. Yeah. And my thought is, why don't we fire the people that are collecting the taxes, not just, just not tax them. So they have that money to begin with. And just, yeah. Um, so that, that's another approach to doing the exact same yeah. thing. But what so, it comes down to is it's not rewarding people for not doing effort, which is sort of what we're trying to talk about. It's rewarding the wrong people. Yes. People who least who who know the system well enough to get the most bang for their or most benefit with the least amount of effort. Most those are the people we're rewarding. The most bucks for their brood. Yeah. But it's it's the shareholders, the people who make a living not actually working a job, but collecting share dividend and not working right mm -hmm. those people squeezing the pensions and pay of other employees to get a bigger dividend is the problem yeah it's not the fact that we have a stock market it's not the fact that we have broken laws or a bunch of corrupt politics i mean those are all problems but the actual issue is people are trying to get the most for the least amount of effort and that's an evolutionary trait that gave us invention the whole creativity of right our human nature well it's bastardized feeling well, you get like bastardized creativity, which is, I guess, what you could call corruption. Uh, but, um, and uh, certain philosophers have called this, uh, these people looters, where you, you put these, um, you put your talents to use to just gain the system and you cheat the system so that you can, you know, nihilistically just take from the system, you're, you're looting from it. And I think that's a, is an example of effort put towards uh, maybe just i could just call it cynical effort um where you have this approach to life that is um you know dog eat dog zero sum i'm gonna take what i can get because blah 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 you know the whole like film noir shit shtick that you know we've you've even seen heard all... that from some of our listeners <laughs> have we yes. oh yeah 
Yeah. So um, we, you get that and it's like, well, I'm just going to take what I can get. Well, no, that's, if you've listened to our podcasts, like we emphasize cooperation brings greater rewards than any zero sum, like take it, not care, like you cut down the forest and not care what it ha- what happens to it after instead of just you know husbanding a forest um what i'm getting at is though is that there a lot of people are thinking and we're we're definitely teaching a lot of our kids that life is like that you need to just game the system here's how you here's how you use the government to get a bunch of money for something here's how you uh abuse um corporate law for this here's how you do this and it's just like why don't you actually do something worth value and this is kind of i guess where the honesty comes in because cynicism in that regard and nihilism which is the underpinning of that is inherently um dishonest i would say and so when i bring up honest effort i guess what i'm meaning is effort that actually contributes to something yeah like lifting weights that's honest effort but if your job and we've all had jobs like this where you you you're sitting there and you're doing your job and you're like this job is absolutely meaningless in fact it's contributing to the problem one thing i i worked at an alarm company in winnipeg and it's stated goal was to protect people and provide security for households and stuff so you put an alarm and you stick a sticker on and you know an alarm goes off uh and um and it i didn't really actually get the sense that we were actually providing security for people i actually got the sense that we were making people more neurotic by having them like every time you know a wind like the wind brushes up against their house we have to call them be like is everything okay someone could be you know at your house right now it's like buy a dog <laughs> like just put a sign up it's like instead of like saying like you know so and so alarms you just say like beware of dog there's shotgun the, the owners have you know here have might may or may not have firearms pointed at your head if you try and get in and like they're going to go to the next house that has an alarm and so or you have cameras out and you're this job ended up just making me depressed i was putting a ton of work in in fact my work was subpar i was uh i didn't care i i was unable to care and eventually i just stopped being useful to them in my effort like i just left and went and did something else at some other job because i wasn't seeing it with in its well i guess with the way you put it with your relative scope everything has to be integrated on every level to some extent and it wasn't integrating i was seeing this as like a corruption uh and i left and a lot of people see their jobs as corruptions now a lot of times this is wrong because it's just you know you don't want to you're putting effort in your suffering inherently because your body's telling me like this is hard and your muscles are aching and all that and so your 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 brain's saying it's just like maybe this isn't a bad maybe this is a bad job maybe this is somewhere where you don't want to work maybe this the your bosses are evil maybe you should rise up against your boss and you know you shouldn't even have to work you should be free from this you should you know you're making this money but like you could be doing art and doing all creative things and all this stuff and your brain starts doing this stuff and a lot of people take it seriously now that one job was a good example of an actual 
maybe uh place that uh what's his if name it's adversely affecting your health you should quit any job that's bad for your health that's my opinion yeah nobody's I, health is worth more than a job we can build robots to do jobs that nobody wants to do so everybody should just refuse jobs that are bad for their health that's <laughs> what if somebody was. wants to fill the position so be it there's a book by uh david graber and his like um pardon my french but it's the title of the book and it's literally called bullshit jobs and there's a lot of these out there that don't need to be that we can automate and like there's an infinite amount of human effort and you can do that like i got i was working at the paint store and the guys that worked there were great and uh most for the most part imagine one individual but um i got probably permanent nasal damage or lung damage from breathing in fumes from that place and it's just something i have to live with i should have quit it sooner but i was needing the money i needed to figure out what i was doing with my life at the time and i really should have quit it but i don't know i didn't know that the effort in the end was actually detrimental to me and i think that's the equation we have to make and a lot of people I kind of want to make this aside. A lot of people just assume that work itself is evil. And to me that and to that no equation that every time you make the equation of am I net benefiting? Am I growing from this? Is this job beneficial to me? Uh now it's, sometimes it's a means to an end, you know, you're shoveling rocks for a summer or something. And every student should do this. You're you're stocking shelves, you're working retail, everybody should do this because it teaches you, you know, it's a good negative experience where you learn what isn't supposed to happen. That's a good way of putting it actually. It's a good negative experience. Yeah. Well, so it's in logic you call it a negative example. Mm-hmm. something that you a negative don't positive, do right? yeah um so you get a bad parent and that parent gives you a negative example this is what not to do in a positive example do this it's the same thing with um, positive and negative rights things you can't do or is a negative right things you can do is a positive right um it's literally that, that that's it <laughs> and then there's double negatives which everybody's heard of yeah things you should not not do don't not do this yeah (laughs) and then everyone's like what (laughs) Uh, i I feel like we're saying like people this and like no and i'm referring inherently to a specific subset of people no i know Uh, you are i'm actually trying to lead into that i want to get into some examples so that um, it's clearer or at least at at the end of this before we finish so the people I'm referring to, and I've, we've all met people like this, but I don't want to say like Marxists, but they tend to Marxism <laughs> because the theology of Marxism does actually lend itself to what we're talking about. And this isn't because like Mark, you know, if you're a Marxist um, on a personal level, go jump off a cliff. But on a conceptual level. subscribe to what Marx actually intended to say, but that's another, that's another story altogether. Marx didn't have as many jobs as we have now. So like in Marx's time, Marx it made sense to say that schmuck. not everybody should do farming because <laughs> not everybody was built to farm. And that's the only job that most people had was yeah. like iron worker, cobbler or farmer. Well, what 
what Marx didn't see was that manufacturing was actually a better job than farming. Yeah, exactly. But he <laughs> didn't have the benefit of hindsight to it. That's the problem. And his premise of the thing that'll solve it is a war between the classes was um, insanity. But the thing was, is that the basis of it was his focus on, um, on labor, which is something that is inherent to the thing you're doing at work. And so, and he says like a world where labor will, nobody will have to work or something. And everyone, you get the Marxists when they think, oh, you know, there's something wrong with labor. There's something wrong with labor. There's a truth there. There is something wrong with labor. You, we have what uh, Graeber called bullshit jobs. And there's lots of them. We've all worked them. Some of us are still working them. Um, I'm lucky right now that I don't have one, but I'm actually thinking of getting one because I wouldn't mind a bit more money, but <laughs> uh, second job. But uh, the, um, the it's it's what you do with that truth that is is I think is incorrect because you are given money for the labor you do. You're not given money inherently just for being and i don't I, I i don't i think that i don't think that's healthy for a human um based on what i know about how humans work because i know that if you gave me money i'd be more inclined in the morning to just be like i don't need to get up because i have everything i need i can just i got my money bucks and i can go to amazon and get whatever i need and i don't even have to go to the store anymore i can i i, I can I can just sit here and have everything delivered to me. I can. Now, I'm still living off of the backs of people that are actually putting effort in. And that's the problem I have with this, this mentality, is that you don't have to work in, in Canada. And that's, that's a strange thing um, for a country to have in history, is that you can get lucky or you can make it so that you can game the system in a certain way or we're such a rich nation that you can actually live your life without ever having to work and have a reasonably comfortable existence which is very strange but at the same time you're going to have a better life if you put effort in the way we've been talking about you know exercise brings its own rewards that kind of thing and a lot of people are discovering this, but a lot of people are going, making the equation the other way, that work is inherently, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Oppressive. It's an oppressive scheme to, that is a kind of neo-slavery that allows people to exploit the labor and effort of those that shouldn't need to do effort. Now, this is a bastardization of the, you know, uh, any, every, any hierarchy we have in a workplace where you see like you get, you could define any workplace as like a feudal structure or, you know, owing fealty up the line or a, um, you know, a system of slavery where, you know, you have to, but the problem is, is that we have free choice in the society in a place like say Saudi Arabia, I'd be inclined to maybe actually agree with that because those, you know, slavery's legal there, period. So, <laughs> and the thing I have is that you have this thing here, and I've been bringing it up is this anti-work thing. And I've got it up right here. And all of it is, you know, I shouldn't have to work. I got fired for stupid reasons. And it's 
kind of just actually sour grapes and complaining about capitalism, the thing that they aren't willing to integrate into. And so we talk about that in a separate episode then like on work or something. Yeah, I don't think the two terms are synonymous. No, but what I'm saying is that, okay, I'll bring it back to effort then. What this is doing is, again, what we've been talking about this whole time is that we're telling people as a society that effort is something you don't, that is undesirable. And I think our thesis in this whole thing and what we're making in all these premises that you have is that effort is actually one of the most desirable things that you can do. Uh, and it's hidden and it, and I understand why it seems like it wouldn't be because, you know, your muscles are all telling you stop your brain's being like, this is hard, but the more you get used to it, the more beautiful of a thing effort is the, the, the qualm that I have is that we're not acting as a society. Like this is the case. And a few people are saying it, but it's few and far between now hypothetical on my part and not to be a sour grapes, this is because our society is not really used to this type of, uh, this type of excess. We have no idea. And now in our current society, we have to fight the urge to just be lazy because we actually have that option now. And so we actually have to relearn how to be effortful in our society again, but on our own terms which is harder because you have to be the one to get yourself up in the morning as a metaphor uh, and no feudal Lord or emperor uh, or soldier is going to come and knock you up and get you say, Hey, you have to get up. We are in a society of wealth, but also personal responsibility. And now we all have to get ourselves to work, which is frankly a lot harder than just get to work. You drone because then you don't have to think you don't have to think all you have to do is suffer which is what we were going to do anyways so this is sort of the point i'm trying to get at the way that kind of misses the mark a little bit is because workplaces and companies are doing it too politicians are doing it too and that's to me is the bigger issue is that it's become more and more ubiquitous across all the spectrums of our daily activities and exercises Mm -hmm. so i wouldn't go so far as to say that life is about effort I would say life is about experience and effort hmm. is the prerequisite to experience. Yes. You have to get up to have an experience of your day. Otherwise yes. the only experience you have is laying down. Well, and I wouldn't even call that life. Like you're, 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 you're That's what I mean. so letting your experience. life not happen. Yeah. And so what uh, we should be trying to do is maximize our experiences, whether that's new tastes, new music, new cultures, new travel, new places to see, um, but work is part of experience because the energy and effort you put into work is also constructive in ways that we don't foresee. So that, that gets us back to the whole, like doing things even without a goal is still better than doing nothing because you're getting the experience of something and something is always greater than zero. Zero is zero and anything bigger than zero is better. (laughs) Sounds a lot like Epicureanism. Um, that's one like, case for it. That's sort of what my adoption towards foods and, and music yeah. and stuff is. So for those who don't know, Epicureanism is an ancient philosophy where do whatever you want. No, that's hedonism. Epicureanism is not hedonism. That's just Christian propaganda. Refinement of taste. Yes. You want to have the best experience. And part of the best experience means 
being good to people, having friends, starting a family. But it also like, means comparing it to bad following, experiences. You following the logos or your dharma. Yeah. Oh, wait, actually, that's a good concept that we have to, that actually helps here. I, I just want to finish my point. Though, <laughs> Sorry. Um, and I, I'm going to write it down. Yeah, please do. So the issue that we have socially is that we're not just enabling it with people and people aren't just enabling it for themselves and sacrificing parts of their own lives because people are free to do whatever they want. Uh, if they want to sacrifice their own enjoyment from life and not have experiences, even though they don't realize that experiences is the point of life, so be it. They're allowed to. That's their freedom. And we encourage everybody to have their freedom and exercise that right. Mm -hmm. but where it becomes an issue is when you have um, projects like the Linux project that are completely free and open source. So people are allowed to, to reuse their code base and create new um, new development projects that are even for commercial use and they're allowed to resell them and add value to them in their own ways or whatever, right? You get companies like Steam Labs that takes OBS Studio, which is like a streaming service, like most YouTubers are using OBS Studio, which is a free open source platform and it's it's one of the best performing out there, if not the best, but that would be a personal conjecture. But what they did was they renamed it um streamlabs obs so they're taking the name from the successful free open source thing and attaching their commercial product to it so that people think or like the um people who are unaware of obs studio think that stream obs or obs labs or whatever they call it this company version of the free open software was the original Mm -hmm. and that the other one was a copy of it so not only did they not develop the software themselves they took the website word for word, tile for tile, and copied the free open source version, and they copied the code from the free open source version and put a branded label on it. And they're, they're not just patting themselves on the back, they're collecting paychecks for people working, and these people working aren't producing any value. They're not exerting any effort except for to, um, to, to pirate I wouldn't, it's not piracy though, because it's technically free and open source, but like to pirate other people's ideas and rebrand them as their own. And this happens all the time with like tech technology, like Amazon basics is a perfect example of this. They find the manufacturer because they force sellers to tell them where they're getting their products from. So that, you know, they're not from a, a bad country that they disapprove of morally. Mm -hmm. They find out where their manufacturers are, get their contact info. They call up the manufacturers of your branded cables and they say, hey, how much will you charge me to make cables? And then they just sell them at, at uh, either below cost or at cost. So they rub all the pro the actual productive businesses who built this model and found and sourced these factories who drew out the dr uh, designs and the patterns and the drawings and organized all of the people, the workers and the laborers to produce a good product that, that was affordable to other people. And they rub them out of the market for like pennies. Just like these tiny profit margins, they scrape them and kick them aside and steal all of that effort and labor they put into it. And people pat themselves on the back for being Amazon shareholders rather than the guy or the girl who actually built the business and found the factories and trained the workers and hired the safety protocol officers and stuff. So it's not just creativity. software and it's not just manufacturing <laughs> and it's not just games. It's like the oil industry and the energy industry snubbing out all of like nuclear power it's the same thing as um, these like Greta Thunberg rallies or whatever, who are crying out about, you know, we're activists and we're doing something. You guys do nothing. Blah, blah, blah. As you Greta know, we're Thunberg's. all working. <laughs> yeah, but her thing is blah, blah, blah. That's mm. patently hypocritical. <laughs> like you're not solving the world's problems by being a hypocrite.
You know what I mean? And that's my that's my issue with these companies that are so in, so called innovative, right? They're taking ideas like Microsoft. They're taking ideas from other companies, buying out smaller players for a short windfall for a small developer, and then they're squashing technology and claiming it as their own. That's not capitalism. Capitalism never says that that's how it's supposed to work. Capitalism is about competition and competition mm. entails people maintain the rights to property, not patent renewals on drugs that don't do anything different. To We're back like, that up, um, Ridley, uh, Matt Ridley in his book, Innovation, actually shows how, um, I think it was Matt Ridley, uh, showed that um, competition, when you got, get rid of competition in your, it might have been Thomas Sowell, um, essentially the argument was that when you actually get rid of competition, he showed that uh, you're actually worsening your own brand in the long run. Yeah, it was definitely Thomas Sowell in this book. <laughs> and um, you're actually shooting yourself in the kneecap because you're allowing your business to become complacent. The reason Intel and um, AM, uh, AMD and uh, all the chip manufacturers are the reason we have all these wonderful chips is because they can't force each other out of the market and they have to compete with each other and drive each other into bankruptcy and into massive amounts of debt yeah, just again, to say that's, that's wrong sorry well, no no but like they they're getting going into debt because it's just like we need to innovate and the but competition Intel hasn't innovated in over 10 years. They're using the same 14 nanometer process node and they're just right. calling it a seven now but because they couldn't come up with a new The process. fact that Intel is existing is causing other companies to actually do the innovating and no, Intel's gonna fail. because they own patents on the x86 instruction set that every right. chip maker has to use. So then they start using ARM. What's ARM? That comes from the Acorn computer mm -hmm. developed in 1984 that my, uh, IBM ripped off. So ARM okay. is now big because they finally developed using all of these open source and developer resources that were like donated to them. And now Apple's using ARM chips and ARM is better than Intel chips. Apple ditched Intel to pick up ARM, not because Apple innovated or created something useful with all of their billions of dollars right. and with all of the, the high tech genius that they hire at their company. They took it from independent small company developers and, and just own the, the intellectual rights to it. Okay, it's like Microsoft with spreadsheets or like with Windows. They're now okay. building Windows on top of a Linux kernel because they could never figure out how to get a working Windows to work. Like Okay, but better example then. You get something like EA with, you know, releasing a bad product every year uh, with their sports games and that's all they know how to do. And they've got a good business model, I guess, but there's nothing new coming out of that. And if someone comes around and comes with a new uh, if they actually get competition for sports games, EA is going to actually probably lose a massive amount of market share. But EA owned the rights to the names of the teams and the players, so right. nobody else was allowed into the market. Right. That's exactly the same. So case. the thing is, is that they they are stagnating the rest of us, so that they can make slightly less money. But if they, no, they were make more, because there's no competition, they set the price. No, I'm saying everyone would be better off if there was competition yeah. they a couple people make more but everyone's poorer for it and yeah, they're they extracting were... wealth from the system and not from like independent people who make purchases they're extracting wealth from the entire system that supports them mm -hmm. every piece of that economy and every 
truck driver that delivers raw materials to their factories. Mm. All of those people are being paid less and taxed more because of the anti-competitive practices that they get. These big conglomerates just get fined for. Well, like the fine is pennies 16... compared to what they actually earn in revenue because of their patent rights. Well, then there's 16, uh, there's 16 offices of government bureaucracy that we need to support in order to support their monopoly that, you know, that, that office of, you know, this or that regulation or the office of, uh, I don't know, I can, I'm trying to make one up on my top of my head, <laughs> but you know, then you have to pay someone's salary like $600,000 a year so they can sit there and stamp, you know, something that doesn't need to be stamped or even anything you know in a paper flow that doesn't need to happen and now we're paying for services that support a company that don't allow us to do anything uh with regard to that sector of work so yeah (laughs) that's the habitual part of this misrepresentation of effort that really drives me insane it's because of our lack of effort in critically thinking and analyzing about like social problems like this like the way the economy is running or the way education is running or the way that our our currency is being manipulated that type of thing the lack of effort in those domains of expertise are costing us so much money that we're unaware of because we don't take the effort. And I mean like the scholastic rigorous effort to understand fully from inside and out. And I don't expect everybody to be able to do it for everything, but everybody should have two or three things that they, they focus on and they take ownership of. And they say, okay, my role in society is to do my job, be a good house, owner or whatever, family member, neighbor, and all that. But also I'm going to start to know about like my local school systems or my healthcare system or my currency or my law. Like, you know, everybody should take some kind of ownership and become professionally expert, not professionally like they do it for a job, but to a level of competence of a professional. So that by the end of their life, everybody's contributing a little bit like concurrent processing. Well, that's kind of where that idea i kind of wanted to segue somewhere else but I, this is a better segue <laughs> but um that's where that idea uh, dharma idea comes in and you okay some people are gonna there's gonna be a couple people in society that are just gonna be good at nothing and i sorry buddy i'm so sorry yeah. but there's so everyone's weird. gonna be competent at something and that's kind of where your dharma lies um also i've also called this the logos follow the thing that you're good at go with your own flow and that actually does require a certain amount of social responsibility and to find that thing where you can put your effort in to be as you say socially responsible requires you to actually put effort into discovering yourself you have to find out what you're good at you have to put in you have to fail at a lot of things oh i'm terrible at horse you know, horse riding. So I'm not going to do that. Or if you accidentally find out you're great at it, and now all of a sudden you have to buy a horse. Well, that's how life works. But not all of us really, it's, it's not evident where that is. And it does take a lot of effort to get that. And it's hard to find that. But then fostering that is even harder because you have to you you're literally starting from a place where you don't know anything about even if you're good at something it's like you're good at music and you want to play music now how are you going to learn music well i need to buy a guitar or an oboe or something okay now what now you just sit there and going 
in the thing. No, you have to actually find people who can teach you the basics. You can't, you can bootstrap yourself, but it's more efficient to actually talk to people. Um, now there are people that have bootstrapped themselves and those people are admirable beyond belief, but it's, we also work as, you know, in a group so we can leverage each other's knowledge and actually talk to each other, which is also effort. But I think fall, I think what you're saying is that if we find that thing that we're good at and focus on that, we'll all be better for it because we'll all just be better. And I'm just, (laughs) Jesus, what a time. I I would sort of suggest that's not what I'm. No, I'm kind of building off of what you said, but yeah, yeah. I think that's another I'm also losing approach my voice. <laughs> that's another approach to it that could work. And I'm definitely not against people doing the thing that they're good at because that's what you so, know, marginal utility gains. You'll get the most out of the thing that you're happy doing and doing often and well and that you're motivated to do. So you don't need to waste energy getting yourself mm-hmm. motivated. Like there are a whole bunch of side loaded benefits to it, right? But what I'm trying to get at is you could be good at anything. Um, it just depends on how much effort you're willing to put into it. So if I really like cars and I'm really bad with mechanics, I can learn to be the best mechanic in the world. It's just what am I willing to sacrifice in my life to get there? Probably not worth it to me. That's fine. You can choose whichever side you want to go on. But what I'm saying is everybody should make the effort to become expert at something socially relevant so that they can contribute to the betterment of the species. Every single person now in an age where we're all so wealthy, and I don't just mean that like abstractly or whatever, I mean like people used to die of starvation, they don't anymore in Canada, mm-hmm. like that type of thing. But it's that like, doesn't mean that there's just an abundance of food. Every, some people are scraping tooth and nail to feed their children. That's there was wrong. a guy in Let's school that, that got scurvy. That and was his it, fault. <laughs> fixing it doesn't mean you read one article and tell everyone you're an expert. Fixing yeah. it means that you consistently apply effort to become good at it, regardless mm. of your natural talent. And if you're not good at writing and you have to write letters in order to get the type of reaction you want from your politicians, you learn how to write letters too. You mm. become an expert at that thing and you learn how to write letters, even if it has nothing to do with your job, because that's what a responsible, mature civilian should be doing. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have any leisure time or anything like that, but it's like you said, we should work for it. You know, do that 10 a.m. gaming session after you spent half an hour doing that that thing that you chose to be good at for your whole life. Yeah. Spend half an hour doing that and two hours playing games. Like nobody's asking you to cut your leg off for the sake of the nation, right? Like <laughs> it, it's not yeah, even it's... close to the same as the, the Marxist um, argument where like work is oppression and nobody should be working because that's oppression. Everybody would just do whatever they want and they would figure it all out. Like that's BS too. You need mm-hmm. organization, you need motivation, you need discipline is key, which is what you pinned on before. Yeah. And but the, the key oh, component to all of that, though, is having the effort, the intellectual effort to object to things that are just knowably wrong, knowably false things like denying climate change, denying that masks help during a pandemic when we've proven by data independent from around the world that masks do help. The degree is different. The degree to which it helps is different. That's mm. debatable. But put in the effort and learn data science and figure out why there's a disparage, well, uh, disparity. The mask like, debate's interesting too because you have someone saying, Matt, wear a mask. And it's like, okay, I get it. I'll wear a mask. Doesn't mean I have to like it. And they're like, that was always allowed. And yeah. It's like, okay, and I'm going to be bitter about it. And they're like, that's allowed too. Awesome. Fair enough. Okay, cool. And I'll wear my mask 
bitterly and I'll hate it. And we can talk about how much we hate wearing masks and how stupid this is. And then the other person will go, what? And so, (laughs) but you know, we're wearing a mask. Then they say, you have to wear your mask outside. It's like, wait, why? Well, because there's, there could be droplets out there. And it's just like, I'm not wearing my mask outside, especially when I'm going for a walk in the middle of the night, you know, that's, that's, that doesn't make sense. Like, and I have, and I can, well, and then you have to, they say, why? And well, because I'm 50 meters from literally anybody in this field. Well, no, it's just for, you know, just in case it's like, well, if I get near somebody, I'll put my mask on. Well, no, it's, and then I have to put effort into making a conversation. If I want to actually be taken seriously on this, uh, unfortunately, because I said, well, I don't want to wear a mask in some point, I'm slotted into some political box, but whatever, (laughs) that's their problem. And so I actually have to use my brain and effort to do this. So it's it's always complicated and circumstantial, I guess. But, but the intellectual effort is there. You mm-hmm. had to know that it makes a difference being outside versus being inside. In a right. confined, conclo- enclosed spaces where there's no air movement, you know by the data that that requires a mask in order to decrease, not eliminate. Like this isn't this black and white type of thinking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, people are employing because of their lack of effort. They're saying, well, if a mask doesn't help 100%, then there's no point to wearing it at all. Like, oh, it's like the madness. people who, it's like the people who say, but they interview oh, like people the news. on the news as if that's a legitimate point of view, as or if the that's people... a rational thing for a grown adult to think. Well, it's like they, when they lie about the vaccines and they say, well, uh, okay, this is going to be strange way to approach the lie. But when they say stuff like, um, it's only 98% effective, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, all vaccines are 98% effective. It's like, did you know that it's not effective in all places? It's like, so that's why you should get two. It's like, or that's why you shouldn't get it at all. It's like, okay, you're both morons. Like your flu vaccine, your flu vaccine that I got like two weeks ago is going to be like maybe 50% perspective, uh, uh, effective or something. I'll take it. And I took it. Now I have 50% immunity to like 18 flus. (laughs) And I, uh, again, it's an ignorance of actual data though. The entire reason we went into lockdown was because of ICUs, hospitalizations, period. Just the fact they're occupying beds means people with broken legs can't get a bed if they have a broken leg. Like why, why is this so complicated? Well, it's because we validate everybody's effort, you know, the same. So one person can read 15 scholarly articles and then write one article opinion about it. And then another person reads two headlines and decides they know better and they write an equally valid article. That's insane. That's absolutely asinine that we don't actually value effort versus quantity of of product produced. I think that this would be a fertile ground for a discussion on um, the COVID. No, no, I don't want to talk about COVID again, but, uh, the, I'm already getting sick of talking to it about it here, but, um, about expertise in the media, we brought on an expert. It's like your professional expert bugger off. Yeah. Um, and so, but one of the things to move the conversation forward a bit, unless I think we beat this horse a bit, it's almost dead. So one of the things that has come up while I've been, ta- while we've been talking is that, um, effort isn't always um, proactive and part some of the most effortful thing you will do will be um, negative effort 
I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to buy that. I'm impulse control is so yeah. hard. <laughs> it's almost, it's hard. Cause you're just like, I want to go and well, I, I, I'm ADHD. If anyone remembers me from high school, uh, you remember how much of a, nobody could bottle. forget you from high school. <laughs> That's your answer. <laughs> I was a bottle of chaos without a cork. And I, I had found weed early, so <laughs> yeah, I uh, only found it, it was last less year. corked, uncorked, but I should say. The um, I needed to learn how to control, but a lot of it, maybe, and like for me, this is simple. Like, um, it takes effort to like you want something. Okay, I want it now. Well, you can throw a tantrum, or you can save your money and not buy it. Okay, but I want it, and so you have that delayed gratification. But then there's also stuff like. Uh, I'm indignant about this thing, rah, rah, rah. Someone said this thing on the internet, and this goes back to what we talked about yesterday. It's like, maybe don't put that Facebook post up. Maybe don't do this. Maybe stop reading the news for a bit. And, you know, that takes effort because everything in your body wants you to, you know, say, engage, attack, do this, or consume, buy, and you have to exhibit that control. But the discourse is valuable and important. So if they post it with a comment that says, hey, everybody, let's talk about this article. That's no, productive. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> right. The effort isn't there, though, right? They're not willing to have the discussion. They just want to post it and have people agree with them. Yeah. That's the effort I'm talking about. Is It's not the thing they're doing. It's their impetus with the thing. Yeah. It's their motivation to carry it forward or follow up, like you said, to actually do the right thing, doing the right thing and not just be shown to do it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it almost seems more is like, don't do this thing. Now, to be fair, I feel like, because I don't actually know, because I've been very conscious of this my entire life uh, due to family issues, I feel that addiction changes the equation on that to a degree that is almost unreasonable. Um, Don't smoke is it's easy for me to say because i've never smoked and i hate the smell of cigarettes it smells like depression and um desperation but that's what it smells like to me but if you tell someone who's smokes like three packs a day don't smoke well it's like it's 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 offensive almost like or if you tell a drug addict well maybe you should just stop taking heroin that's you know a little why. it's because it's ignorant of their underlying conditions that lead them towards smoking Right. But whether it's OCD or depression or like whatever else, like bipolarity mm -hmm. or, you know, ADHD, even just being unable to sit still without a cigarette is a thing. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm saying like, if you're actually addicted to something, telling someone to just, well, just not do it, just show some self-restraint. It's like, that's, 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 that's hard. Yeah. Um, Because it's ignoring the medical complication. I understand that that's different, but ADHD, having lived with it my entire life, except for that one year, no, just kidding, uh, uh, is not an excuse um, because I learned control without the pill, without the, um, you know, Adderall or whatever. Yes, but with an appreciation for life and white skin and having a dick and, you know, all the things that make it easier for you to appreciate and enjoy life. Like the only argument what to not mean? smoke is it's expensive and you'll die early. Well, if somebody doesn't want to spend money on anything else and they don't care about dying early, it, you have no cogent argument against it, technically. No, and that's why, like, 
that's the like, problem with it. I, well, it's, that's not okay. What my, my point in bringing up addiction was that um, I can't say that you know just quit. Okay, that was it was is mostly just a, a caveat to 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 cover my base. I know I'm there. agreeing with you though. I'm just and, adding to yeah. it. <laughs> so, but the harder part is when it doesn't seem to matter. When for like people that don't have to deal with a heroin addiction, it's like it's it, it, well, I don't have any reason not to spend this extra thousand dollars on my credit card or and then we dig ourselves all these holes because we are um we're putting effort into bad places you know putting effort into shopping or putting effort into uh building a deck you can't afford or putting effort into these things and that takes a bit of i think restraint in itself is hard and that takes effort and it's a constant disciplinary uh, thing that you always have to because it's just it's everywhere um don't eat as much don't drink sugar don't which is kind of an addiction but that one's kind of one i'm thinking that you can i can nag you about <laughs> um and so i don't know i i feel like it's easy said but i think there's a lot to it i think what you're getting at though is it's different for everybody right Mm -hmm. So like, like, what's, what takes effort for me? Like it would take me a monumental effort to, to just skip a day of smoking. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that to me is harder than all of the other stuff I do. Neural networks, machine learning, research, uh, web design, programming, YouTubing, rendering videos, 3d modeling, like you name it, anything else I've done. It, it's way harder for other people to do all of those things than it is for me. Mm -hmm. So it's, when we, when we project ourselves and what's easy for us onto other people, that's another instance of lacking effort. We're not actually trying to empathize with another person if we don't put the effort in to try to imagine their difficulty being impossible for us. Mm -hmm. We just see it being impossible for us so that it must be impossible for others or easy for others, and that's it. Like there's no gray area between it when you lack the effort and attention to detail like you were doing, where you were going into like pathologies or medical reasons or withdrawals or like, mm. like which addiction is, it's a medical condition. That's why policing it doesn't fix it. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> quit their addictions by going to jail. I mean, yeah. they stop while they're in jail. And then as soon as they get out, they go right back to it because their biology hasn't changed. Right. Right. So um, I think that's what sort of you're getting at is that um, effort is going to be different for different people. Yeah. And that's also part of that logos thing of doing what you're good at, because like we should do the things that are easiest for us to do, because then we'll do it more often and we'll do more of it. Right. And I think one thing that I've noticed is that when you're following it, you need to, and the part of following the logos is sometimes the logos is not comfortable. That logos, following your logos doesn't mean going with the flow and like Hakuna Matata stuff. It's, um, I need to go down this dark path because that's just where I need to go. And everything in my body tells me I need to go there and it's going to be the worst thing ever. But at the same time, um, with myself growing up, like dealing with the ADHD and like anybody who's had ADHD will understand this is I needed to learn how to not make noises randomly. I needed to learn how to, uh, you know, control myself and it's, it's not easy and I don't want any, reward for it at all the reward is me being a functional member of society and the, the 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 thing with that is that it took a lot of negative effort don't do this don't do this just stand there put up with it like at some times i would just be standing there suffering 
like everything in my being would be like, don't be here, uh, go somewhere else. Your like boredom to me is absolute, um, it's hell. physically painful. Yeah. And I would just be sitting there and I, my face would be like, and they'd be like, Jordan, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm just a bit hungry. <laughs> Say stuff like that. You're uh, like chewing off a piece of your cheek and just bleeding profusely. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and it's, it's harder, but I learned control and after, but the thing, the, the thing about it is, and I think this is my main point is that after a while, it got a lot easier. Well, after a long while, it took a lot of effort. And, um, I started from scratch. Uh, do I want to talk about that? No. So essentially what happens when I, I had to start all Just over a, again, a hearkening back to what's his name? Uh, Fu. What's his name? Jason Fu. Jason Fu. One of our guests. Oh yes. He had, he had yes. The fake hat when you said, no, nah, we're going to keep that inside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to keep that. Anyway, inside. shout out buddy. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was a good one. I that was that. hilarious. It was fun. And, uh, he, well, that's actually a good example of that renunciation, but eventually, and this gets back to our, one of our main points is that it got a lot easier. I was able to develop new schemas on how to deal with life. I was able to reconceptualize it. I was able to notice my biology when my biology was going to be like, you know, all of a sudden I'm in a meeting and my biology, my biology is just going to be like, guess what? It's suffering time for no reason. And I'd be like, oh, here it comes. And I'd have like a, like a, like a bar right here. I have like a cup of water that I would just be like water time. And I would re up on all my stuff and like taking potions in a video game. And maybe it wouldn't hit me as hard and I would know what to do and how to deal with it. And I would, it would, it, the shock and the swells of my chemistry actually were becoming easier and easier to handle. And it wasn't, it was like I had, if it got too bad, I would know what to do. And if it was bad, I would just deal with it. And it wasn't as effortful in the end. And now I can, um, I can exist and I've been existing in like polite company and uh, civilization or society for a while now. And I'm now I'm just eccentric and weird. And now I'm not just some, you know, uncontrolled mass of chaotic nonsense like I was. I was uncoordinated creativity. Now creativity is great, but without focus, you got to focus it like a, like a laser or something, or it's useless. And that took a lot of effort on my part. And I feel like a lot of people um, have done exactly the same thing in various things because doing the effort is hard, but you get used to it. You get better. The, 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 the effort becomes almost um, something that you look forward to, you, you, you becomes part of your life. And this happens with, um, uh, with exercise too. And I, I know was it Joe Rogan's gone on and on about this, where you exercise and then you look forward to it. Like it sucks. Exercise sucks. It's horrible. But after a while, your body's like, dude, let's go. I want to, let's go for a jog. Let's go for a walk, put some weights on your legs. That's, that's not hard enough. Let's do some more pushups. Uh, and you start to feel bad about yourself. Eventually your what happens is your body starts like feeling guilty about not having done the effort about not having done it. And that's, that's a healthy guilt is healthy. It means you did something wrong. All pain is healthy. Um, <clears throat> if you 
deal with it properly. Um, and so it tells you something's not right, but when you have that good pain of effort, you look forward to it. You want to grow. It means something's good. This pain means growth. This pain means strength. This pain means, uh, means better, um, relationship with my wife. This pain means more money at work. This pain means uh, you get to buy that thing. And eventually you look forward to the pain. You, it's not a masochistic thing. It becomes a kind of a sign on the side of the road. You're almost there. All you got to do is drive it. And I guess in total, what I'm saying is that it gets easier. I think it's a nice assumption and a wish, but it doesn't get easier for everybody. Oh, no. It doesn't get easier for everybody, but I think... Especially also, addiction. Like, well, if with addiction, again, I, like I said, I brought up addiction because addiction is something different. No, I addiction, know. And I what don't I, really want to dwell on addiction. I'm trying to in, help you include the fact that it's not absolutes. Mm -hmm. That's all. I'm saying this is how a healthy individual works. Because an unhealthy individual will make bad decisions for bad reasons. And... Like you can be, uh, I'm going to do this because it's, I'm doing it because, you know, my parents were horrible to me and now I'm going to dig my own grave. Ha ha ha. And I'm going to throw my children in it. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> like, you're putting a lot of effort in bad excuse, places. Though. I don't think it's an excuse either to say to not try because, oh, it's just my biology. There's nothing I can do about no. it. That's not at all One an excuse. One of the excuse. worst things you can do for yourself is use anything you have right. as an excuse. So I'm supplementing <laughs> with what you're yeah. saying where everybody can change and it always gets easier with the fact that even if it doesn't, it's still worthwhile to act like it does. Because yes. you still end up better off than if you don't, no yeah. matter what. Even if you don't get better at it and it's just as hard on the fifth day, You've mm. had four days where you were more productive than you otherwise would have been. And by mm. productive, I mean like value added to your life, like actual mm. life um, quality, not, not just like the, the fact that you don't like doing that job at work. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the benefit you get existentially and holistically yeah. from being contributing member of society and going to work versus not is much better. Well, right. it's, that comes to that Jordan B. Peterson thing where he's like, what would you be like if you put an hour of work every day into something and rather than had you not, what kind of person would you be like in five years if you actually put the effort in? Like, what have you got to lose? Yeah, that's what and, philosophy really ingrained in me mm -hmm. too when I was young, because it was like it, it shutting off the necessity of success being hinging upon like your idea of it from the outset mm -hmm. is like to me pivotal it just makes all the stress of learning go away and mm -hmm. it enables you to try absolutely everything that is wonderful about life yeah that type of approach to life where you don't waste any day like you can waste parts of your day because leisure is healthy which we say tons on this channel like definitely don't just work 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 that's not yeah that's not at all the meaning to life the meaning to life though is definitely to have a breadth of experience and to have a breadth of experience it requires that you work um, in many different ways namely to be able to like afford to invest in things that will get you quality of life but it, it also gives you an opportunity to be exposed to things you didn't know would give you quality of life mm -hmm. 
Like that's part of the reason we make friends. You don't just make one friend and say, I know every friend I'll ever have for the rest of my, you keep making friends your whole life because yeah. every individual you meet is slightly different. The moment you say that someone's going to come up and be like, Hey, and you'd be like, Oh, this guy's cool. I should hang out with him. <laughs> the moment you say it, but it's along uh, those same lines, right? You, mm. Nobody thinks that it's a rational approach to say, I have 10 friends. I don't ever need to make another friend because I already know what all friendships are like. Every mm. time you have a friendship, a friendship is different between every different person you have a friendship with. Right. Just and like romantic relationships. You don't compare them to one another and be like, oh, I loved her more than her and I loved her less I than her, but I married her. that so like, strange. I can never get that. Like... I'll bring up my girlfriends on like dates and be like, oh yeah, I learned that from my ex because like, it was just something that happened in my life. And people yeah. be like, why are you bringing it's that up? And it's just true. like, because it's something that happened in my life. Like, I'm not going to hide stuff. Like, I want to marry this chick. I'm not going to hide anything from her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But and it's weird though, too, because people do it from their friends. They'll say like, oh, don't tell so-and-so that we hung out today. Like, yeah. they might get mad we didn't invite them. I'm like, then that's a conversation you guys need to have. Let them get mad, then have the conversation. Like, yo grow up <laughs> like you need to have those conversations with people otherwise they stay like, stunted and regressed for their whole lives like that you're not helping people by avoiding conflict well it's just blatant dishonesty and but again it comes down to that effort because if you're mm. not willing to put in the effort to nurture and maintain a friendship you're going to have superficial friendships mm. if you're if you're going to hide stuff from people and not you know, go any deeper than surface layer and everybody's going to get offended super easily from every joke that you make off the cuff not only should you not be their friend, but you're not helping them as a person to realize that, hey, that's probably an irrational and exaggerated uh, response to something really benign, like a joke that's supposed to be lighthearted and make you laugh. Mm -hmm. Like that type of conversation needs to be had. And even if it's uncomfortable, avoiding the conversation doesn't help anybody. It gives you a, a weaker friendship and it gives them a weaker personality. By contrast, like you should be their friend wanting to bring out the best in them and wanting to challenge their character with specifically those types of conversations. Um, I think so. Anyway, that's what do no, I know? I, I'm just a <laughs> So um, I guess to start wrapping this up, I want to make one, my last point, okay. which I've, um, something I've kind of lived by for a while and that's really done me a lot of good. And it's kind of this saying, I don't know where I got it. I probably made it up on my own and said something, but uh, anything worth doing is hard. And that's kind of where if something's easy or something's too easy, you're either lower than you should be. You're in a position that you need to work up from, uh, or you're playing life on easy mode and you need to turn the difficulty up. Um, but it's the stuff that's actually difficult that's worth doing, like dating or getting the uh, finding a partner, uh, friendship. Friendship is not easy. It takes effort, constant, you know, awkwardness. But if you actually care about the people, then you'd be willing to put the effort in. And that's why it's worth it. Family. Family is so not easy. Like you have to hang out with people you didn't pick at all and you have to get along with them. And you it's hard to love people sometimes when they're spouting nonsense um but you know it you can tell the quality of something by the type of work it is and so and i always say this to people and it sounds so weird when you say it aloud anything worth doing is difficult 
it's like, well, no, you want easy victories, but an easy victory gets you an easy prize, which is easily, you know, lost and easy, quickly spent. So I think that's kind of the maxim I want to leave it on. I might just piggyback on that Mm -hmm. if you'll be so kind. Yeah, get on. (laughs) Hop on. (laughs) Um, I'd like to say that I think that um, the like the effort that we're talking about today, again, isn't just like the bare minimum. It's about the conceptual effort that we that we believe wholeheartedly we we offer and award things. Um, It's not just about the pats on the back, even though, you know, we said them over and over again. It's it's the idea and the mentality of the validation or the external reception of someone else's gratification. Right. it, it's like the currency to trade, like my effort versus their effort. You know, they we shouldn't have different things from from the outcome. It's not about that. It's not about um, the effort, as in uh, you should just do this so that you'll get paid more or quit your job and get a better job or anything like. It's about the effort implied in the effort that is assumed mm-hmm. that we're talking about. And I really want to drive that home because if anybody's skipping through this episode, they probably won't get that context unless it's reiterated over and over again. <clears throat> so I just want to state that really clearly. But also, um, I wanted to mention specifically, though, like the effort that we're not seeing is crucially important. The effort that we don't see that we lack is more important than the effort that we know that we lack. Cause we can always just change on a dime and decide like today I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna I don't know, run twice as far as I ran yesterday. Like you can make those types of active change, but when you're unaware of a, of a lack of effort, like with most people who believe that they're informed on Facebook, Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not just saying that because of people and anecdotally, I'm saying like Cambridge Analytica proved this. Like we have evidence that, you know, material yes. evidence from research internal and external to Facebook and subsidiary companies that were using those tools. Plus we have governments who have been employing it like the NSA uh, with leaked documents proving that they've proved to be using it. <laughs> well, there's a person in my life that just kind of makes stuff up posts online like it's a fact those people believe in what they're saying they believe they've made the effort for having read a single article and i really want to drive it home to those people if they're listening just everybody should be double checking like how certain are you that you actually made an effort do you know Um, okay so felt hard but does that mean that you actually did something difficult no does it mean it was actually rewarding or it actually benefited you no you have to actually stop and think (laughs) <laughs> and now, that part is the effort. It's the the concentration and that's the, the stop and think process, the philosophizing, um, the, the forcing yourself to do the uncomfortable and be in the uncomfortable spaces or in the uncomfortable dialogues yeah. or discourses, the, the, the discomfort of reading more slowly than you prefer because you, you want to actually get something out of it or apply the concepts that you're reading. Um, all those but little things that go get swept under the rug or aside when you're going about your day to day and not like just you and I, like every single person, everybody yeah. is affected by this. Some more than others, obviously. <laughs> well, the tragedy of it is, is that, and this is the absolute tragedy of it. And this is going to be so harsh. You guys are going to think I'm an ass, but I'm, I know I'm an ass, but I trust and I can say these things because I trust that the person I'm talking about isn't going to put the effort in 
to watch these podcasts, even though they're so close to me. And I can trust that it's not going to backlash on me because they don't have the willpower to actually actively listen to what I'm saying. And therefore, I can say this as clearly as I want. And I can use them as an example because I know that they aren't. They are the person that won't put in that effort to actually do this and confront me about it. Now, I can handle it if they did actually read this and confronted me about it because, well, that conversation's got to happen anyways at some point in the future. But that is the saddest thing ever because I know someone is going, is not putting any enough, any, uh, the requisite effort into their life so much that I can speak honestly about them in public, uh, about their failings, although anonymously. Although if you're close to me, you know who I'm talking about again. And I think the results and the ends actually speak for yourself because that's going to come to a bad end for these people. And I actually have such um, pity for that, for the ends that these people are, the, the beds that these people are building for themselves. But which is actually kind of presumptuous. But at the same time, anybody who's gotten out of their little nest and found the exaltation of proper effort and the the succeeding of something difficult knows what we're talking about and probably is just sitting here and treating this like an echo chamber and be like, yes, that's what happened to me. But for those on the cusp, I think this, this conversation is a lot more valuable. Those people who see that something's wrong, see that the effort that they're doing isn't right. And this conversation is going to be a lot more useful for them. But for people who have the blinders on and think, hmm, I just read a, you know, 100 word New York, you know, news article. And now I'm an expert on this or that. I'm, those are the that that's the tragedy yeah the the tragedy about being woke is that it means that you know more ways that you should be wrong <laughs> or could be wrong possibly yeah but you are less woke the fewer alternatives you can possibly imagine like if you yes. can't imagine there being a rationale for somebody else to believing or changing i think the tragedy is then flip back on yourself because it's your own lack of effort and creativity imagining an alternative perspective mm-hmm. um, that might be justified not you know, justified in, in physical material reality, but like justified within themselves because emotions play a huge part of people's behaviors and so does chemistry and so does experience and, and all that kind of thing. So I would, I would hope that anybody listening um, would, even if they do agree, would have found some other ways that they were um, overlooking their own lack of effort, just as I have talking to you and hopefully you have talking to me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because do like these... I said, it, we're, we're not immune to it. Everybody has it. I mean, it's really easy for me to talk about data and how you know obvious it is that there are facts we can check, but like not everybody knows how to write a proper Google, Google search. Uh, I grew up on the internet. It's easy for me because I've done it my whole life. It, I think it's irresponsible of me to be on a podcast suggesting everybody should be a data scientist like I wish I was, were. <laughs> 
oh, the, I don't the, want that job. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I would hate it if it was my job, but doing research on the side is totally fun because I get to pick my projects and uh, go at my own pace, that kind of thing. But um, I don't want to belittle or chastise people who think differently. I really want to stress that too. I want to encourage people to recognize the fact that being enlightened and woke means that you're able to recognize all the ways you might be wrong yourself. Yeah. Um, not just me or you, but like every single person who thinks they understand effort must have it wrong in some ways, mm -hmm. just as I do. And just as, as you probably do. Yeah. Well, and what works for me isn't going to work for others. Yeah. But I just, the, the open-mindedness is the hardest part and that's the part we all trip on and it just manifests in different ways at the end. So in the end, you'll have people who believe in homeopathy and who believe that Jesus is going to like come back and, and, you know, heal your wounds. If you just believe hard enough, I'm, I'm sorry, Jesus I've been works. sick my whole life and I believed really strongly. It just didn't happen. And then reality hit and said, oh, you can make a life out of your health issues. You, you can do something that other people can't because you're sick. And that type of thinking is completely different and separate, but mm. it's not like it just came to me overnight. It took a lot of deliberate soul searching through like religion and music and philosophy and, and, well, and work. This gets to the crux of it though. You bring up Jesus and I think that's important. Um, I know we got to wrap this up, but no, I think this is a good thing is that we think we deserve stuff, but, and we think that we all want, like, we all want to be healthy all the time, but we're already on the cross. All of us are. And this is something that the actual Christians, the actual Christians, the ones that understand Jesus properly. I mean, my interpretation. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was just <laughs> going to pick at you for that. <laughs> Sorry. Is that um, Jesus is saving us, I guess, not because, you know, not to give us a clean slate or anything. Well, okay, that's kind of what he's doing. But he's making original sin. Um, our problem and he's saying i'm giving you a way out and the way out is something that you have to do yourself you can't you can just love jesus but loving jesus isn't just sitting there saying oh i love jesus and you're know, feeling in your heart loving jesus is a is something you do constantly it's an effortful thing it's something it's, now this is why i'm not a christian because i don't i can't follow jesus like that and maybe that makes me more, I don't know. But it seems to me that if you're an actual Christian, and this is why I kind of respect some Christians, is because they realize that they're already on the cross. Every single one of us are. We have nails in us. So we got the time, there's, a, there's the devil and, the, and God are just sitting there waiting for us. And what we do in the meantime matters. Loving Jesus isn't just sitting there praying. Loving Jesus is using what time you have in the best manner possible. And to that, it means assuming that you're already in a tragedy and making the best of it and doing with it what you will. It's going to be hard no matter what. What are you going to do about it? And that's the thing. The people who are in denial of that seem to be the ones who aren't willing who don't see the value in any effort because they see, well, I want to start from a place of, uh, of strength. I want to start from, I want to make, I want to have it be sure that I end up in paradise. It's like, no, no, there's nothing. The only way you can do it is by pushing yourself forward. Like we've been talking about this whole time. 
And I think, well, for me, that's quite a powerful thought. Um, and we all find our, our, our places of power in our own self. But I think recognizing that we do things, and this comes back to my thought, anything worth doing is hard, and we do them because they're hard. And if it's easy, you're probably not on a good path. Or, or you're just not doing enough of it. Yeah. Like if your jog is easy, you're not exercising, you should be jogging mm-hmm. more. <laughs> and so not to the, say that you're not exercising, there's still benefit to it. But. Well, and you jog knowing that you're not gonna like you're only gonna be like you're not gonna be healthy forever. I exercise, I'm gonna be strong and I get to a place of strength. That place of strength I'm getting to is ephemeral. It, like I'm gonna get old. I'm already getting old. <laughs> and I, I can't do what I used to do. And I have to realize that, but that doesn't mean I shouldn't keep doing push-ups. The only thing that's going to stop me from doing more push-ups every day or doing chin-ups or whatever my exercises are is a doctor telling me, no, you need to put effort into resting. And I'm like, oh, that sounds hard. Yeah, like, <laughs> and it oh. was hard, <laughs> but I had to realize that even though it's ephemeral, I still have to do it. So I'm stuck on the cross bleeding out. And we all are to some extent, but what are you going to do while you're waiting there? <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's uh, kind of, I extend I'm... my heart though, to people who struggle with like, um, disorders they're not being treated for like eating disorders or like bipolar or something like that, or, any, you know, interpersonal relationships with people that are afraid because of a condition they're not seeking help for because they think they know everything already. Yeah. I think that to me is a severe tragedy. Um, because Ignorance isn't something you can will yourself out of until you realize you you might be ignorant. And it takes effort to engage in that thought process of like reassessing everything you think you know. Uh, I think that's hard for everybody though. So Mm. hopefully we encourage that type of thing through our discussions, but. Yeah, I think this is probably a good place to set down because we're starting to meander a bit. But um, I've been trying to wrap up and you keep adding. <laughs> I know. I just had a thought that I wanted to get out and I just needed it. It needed to come out. I know. Impulse control. It's impossible. Well, <laughs> no idea. Like 90% of the time when I'm sitting here talking to you and I'm, I've got this face on, well, you know, 50% yeah. of the time it's like an internal pain. But the other 50% of the time is just like, let him speak. Let him speak. Let him speak. <laughs> oh, no. I do the same thing. I, I do. The exa- oh, yeah. We're meandering again. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, thanks for being patient with me as always. But um, yeah, this is a long form discussion, so that's okay. And if you enjoy long form discussions like this, uh, please check out the rest of our backlog. You don't have to watch them in order. You don't have to start at the beginning, the meta episode. Don't worry about it too much. But find, just look through our catalog and see if there's anything you like. And usually uh, the conversation deviates from the subject line. So don't judge a book by its cover. Like yeah. if, you, if you watch a video like Conflict or, uh, um, I don't know, the, the services one or whatever, like, yeah. Or even uh, inflation, like not the whole thing wasn't even on inflation. It was about like market dynamics and <laughs> impositions yeah. of will. But anyway, yeah. What I'm trying to say is don't judge a book by its cover. Like, but definitely share this with your friends. Uh, if you think they're inclined to such things or, you know, if they like long form discussion, share this and give us a like because algorithmic stuff or something, you know, yeah, it'll help other people and inc- improve the quality of their lives. Mm-hmm. The more you like and share. <laughs> yep. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week and uh, have a good weekend, I guess. This is going
Why am I doing that? <laughs> All right, bye guys.